You're listening to the Overcast. Sunshine on a cloudy day. Part of the Oversoul Gaming Channel. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Overcast, the entertainment podcast where we like to have fun. I am your host, yes. just, just, uh, Justin, a.k.a. Oversoul. And I am your co-host, Nick, a.k.a. The Vaping Fiend. Yes, and we're bringing you sunshine on a cloudy day. Um, I'm back, you guys. Yes, yeah, after a one-episode hiatus, the uh, prodigal sun has returned. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's good to have you back, because uh, it's yes. uh, the, the, the one-man show... I had to uh, consume a lot of caffeine uh, to make that work. I and believe I think, it. I think uh, it. I think it showed in the final product. Um, I, I might be all <laughs> snuffled up, you guys. Uh, my allergies are bugging the ever-living hell out of me, so please forgive me. Um, well, speaking of snuffled up, um, our special guest today is my cat, Snuffles, like always, because he's uh, in the room Snuffles. that I recorded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's in... He's in the room that I recorded. Um, no, but um, on a real note, though, we may be having a special guest or two uh, here soon for a very special episode. No spoilers, but stay tuned. For those of you who have been around the YouTube channel for a while, one of them will be a very familiar face. Um, yes. If, if he's Actually, able to make it. both of them. That's true. Both, That's true. Both well, of them. Yeah. Well, one one of them's a familiar face from more recent years as well. The other one is That's a fair, familiar, yeah. The other one is a deep cut from the challenge videos. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like a uh more of a background character. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Participated in the first um don't laugh challenge with the water yes, spitting and yes. whatnot. And, yes. They um, both did actually. And and was in the bean one too, or was that just a background watch? I think that was just. A uh, background. I think, I think that was a background watch for that one. But but you know who was in the bean <sighs> one because they had the most. Yes, infamous, I do. They had the most infinite scene in that one, and look, yes, they're, they're both going <laughs> to listen to this and know that we're talking about that. And the funny thing is, this episode is actually going to come out after after we're scheduled to record with them. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, folks, this episode was recorded like two weeks before you're hearing it. That's just how it be sometimes. <laughs> you gotta, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> you got to schedule these things out. So that with the, all this, I'm saying all this, like they're going to hear it before we record with them, and they're not. They're not going to hear mm, this nope. until after the fact. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Right. Um, but, yeah, um... Anyways, though, it's good to have you back because the one-man show, we need the balance. We need the yin and the yang, see, because, like, yes. I'm, yes. I'm, like, I'm, like, the film critic side of, side of things, and you're, like, the average consumer side of things. We need that Pretty balance. Much. We need that yeah. balance between the, the over-analytical deep dive and the, the regular popcorn-munching enjoyment, <laughs> you know? Yep. Or, um... You know, when you actually manage to stay awake through a movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But on that note, though. Oh, uh, man. I Throw guess I haven't heard from you. I, I haven't heard from you in over a week or so, I guess it's been. So, 
Uh, why don't you, you know, since you weren't here last week, why don't you give the audience your life updates first? Well, I mean, I don't really have much going on. Um, I mean, I'm I'm working. I have officially asked Sarah to be my girlfriend, and she accepted. Ooh, congratulations. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> he said yes like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons there. Like yes. that was so <laughs> evil in plotting. Like <laughs> yes. Step one is now complete. <laughs> On to step two. <laughs> right. Sarah's gonna hear this and be like, what's step two? Right. <laughs> oh no, what have I gotten myself into? Girl, run! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm fucking dead. Uh, oh, no, but dude, I was oh actually going to ask you if you guys did anything else fun after you left here. Yeah, we, um, so we, we did some, we, we, we did some more shopping and stuffs. Uh, we got, uh, matching loungers. She got Sally and I got Jack Skellington. Um, and we, we, we took cute pictures with them on um I'm I'm yeah I, I'm a hopeless romantic you guys at least I try to be <laughs> Um oh, I remember no, the story then, of how you uh you you uh uh recreated that uh, infamous fireworks kissing scene from Final Fantasy 13 Yeah the fireworks so- <laughs> Yeah no the fireworks at Six Flags that was our first kiss Yes do go um, on, but no, like, and then the day that she um went back to Iowa, uh, before she took off, we we went ice skating at the local ice arena here in Rockford. So we got on the ice. I got to, uh, I I I got to. Uh, I I don't have rentals. I don't, I don't do rentals anymore. I have my own pair of hockey skates now. I've got... I had them sharpened uh, before I even stepped blade on the ice. Um, but, no, that's... Having uh, my own pair of hockey skates is... It, they're a lot more comfortable than the rentals, that's for sure. Mr. Fancy here with his oh my gosh dude. with his like self-owned I was, things. I got him, dude. I got him for a fucking steal too. Um, Asher found him on the Facebook Market and they were twenty five bucks, but off the shelf, brand new. Two, uh, I think I think the receipt in the box said three hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, I got three hundred and fifty dollars uh, ice hockey skates. Uh, for 25 bucks on the Facebook market. Damn. Yeah, no, that's a fucking steal. Dude, they were, well, they're, they, you can definitely tell that they, they're, that they're used, but they are, they were well taken care of. <sighs> that's, wow, it baffles me when people don't realize the actual value of the things they're selling. <laughs> right. But hey, that's on them. That. Holy crap. 
Did you do anything special for uh, the 10th anniversary of Grand Theft Auto V? Oh, dude. So, okay. Um, I didn't have too much time to log on to GTA Online because I did have to uh, get some other things done. But I did log on uh, today for Grand Theft Auto's 10th anniversary. Um, and in the uh uh the clothing i think they had they they had three items of clothing that they awarded uh everybody uh it's grand theft auto 5 anniversary merch or or or, or, or uh, apparel they had a green hoodie that says you own los santos and then I forget what the other ones said. I don't think the second one said anything. It just had a picture on it. And then the third one had something to do with San Andreas. Nice. Nice. Very yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, GTA games, I think I want to say specifically two and or not two, but three in Vice City are among like the top 10 best-selling PS2 games of all time. Dude, okay, so I read something today, right? I think uh, I I retweeted it. Yeah, fuck X. I won't call it X. They don't <laughs> even have, like, a... It's not... They don't even have a creative name for... No. ...what those things are. It's not like you, you like, re-X'd it or whatever, which would be stupid anyways, but no, they, they just, just call, they just it, a call repost. it a repost. Yeah, so it's yeah. just like everything else now. They wanted to make it special and it's not. It's just like everything else. Right. Okay, so this was uh, on Twitter. It says, 10 years ago today, Grand Theft Auto 5 was released by Rockstar Games on PS3 and Xbox 360 to become the most profitable entertainment product in history with 185 million units sold and 7.7 billion in revenue in revenue. Yeah. It's crazy to me because like, um, every month PlayStation on their PlayStation blog puts out this like list of the most downloaded games that month on the PlayStation store. (laughs) Like, uh-huh. so these are the games that people are buying and downloading more than any other game on the PlayStation Store, right? You also um, got to factor for that in. Month. You also got to factor in the uh, the the shark cards that that people use uh, the buy to to purchase in game money with real money. Well, this 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 particular list isn't factoring that. They're factoring just like the core games themselves on this. Gotcha. List, right? Okay, that makes sense. Every month, GTA Five comes up on this list somewhere in the top ten downloaded games. That means every single month, every single year, there is enough people buying brand new copies of this game still to this day for it to make the top ten downloads on PlayStation alone every yeah. month. That's insane. Where are all these new fans coming from? People ain't having kids no more. What is I'm this? I'm telling you, bro. Like, the <laughs> like, fuck? It's insane. It is. Like, bro, it still holds up, too. And, like, his grandma just, like, walking her way into the living room. What are you I... playing there, like, Jimmy? It's like, oh, let me shoot some hookers, too. <laughs> like... 
Yes. Like, you thought I could only play Wii Bowling, did ya? Uh, gangster granny over here. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Well, I mean, Skyrim grandma, may she rest in peace. Right. Oh, dude. I- that was yeah. probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I'm gonna be honest. That was that was pretty cool to see an old lady just playing uh, Skyrim. That was that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's insane. I wonder if there's a tribute to her somewhere in Starfield. That would be cool. That would look. be cool. That would be cool. I think they put a tribute to her like in Fallout Four or something. Though I'd have to look it up. I'd have to fact- okay. check that. Subject to change without notice. I right. <laughs> you know, I don't think that works here, but I'm saying it anyway. <laughs> um but okay. Well, um yeah. I uh honestly, I got fuck all going on uh, right yeah. now. The most interesting thing that happened in my life recently, everyone already heard about cuz you, uh, you you came over last weekend, you know, there. Yep. And that was that, you know, that was then, that was that time. Gotcha, so, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that last episode I, like, recorded and threw together and put out in a matter of a couple days. This one is going to be, like, weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a good reason for that, though. And I probably should have mentioned this earlier, but today's episode, uh, in lieu of a topic, we're going to be doing a tier, li- a tier list. And yes, I am borrowing yet another idea from Markiplier's Distractable. He's a good influence. Fucking deal with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, look, it, you know, he doesn't own the rights to doing tier lists, okay? I can do them too. So here's the thing. Right. In honor of the upcoming Saw X... We're oh, dude. going to do a tier list of saw traps. Now, this tier list that I found after doing a quick, lazy, less than five minute Google search, um, basically came up with one that has a random assortment of thirty seven different traps from the first seven movies. Um, so, those are the ones we're going to be going through. So, expect spoilers for at least the first seven saw movies, but possibly also. Jigsaw and Spiral, as we'll want to, because now in the, when we do this tier list, I'll I'll dig more into this when we actually get to the topic section. But um, we're going to be having some discussions uh, about yes. these. So, um, okay, so, so I do want to touch on one thing before we go on to the next thing. That clip that you sent me was insane, and that. I cannot wait to see this oh, new movie. Yeah, yeah. So for those who don't know, there's a, a clip going around the internet. It's an official clip that was put out because it's got it's on it's like good quality and it's been posted by official channels like Rotten Tomatoes and shit. But it's a clip from the upcoming Saw X. It's the eyeball trap. Now it's that they have on the posters where the two tubes cross to make an X for Saw X. Now yes, the thing is it. It's not super clear what's going on here, but what I can gather from the little bits we see is that uh, dude has to break all the fingers on one of his hands. He's a thief, 
And so in his punishment is to break all the fingers on one hand. Or I think what's going to happen, what I can... Is his eyeballs get sucked through those tubes. That's what I'm guessing. I'm thinking they're vacuums, is what I gathered from the sounds. From the sounds and the way the camera work was happening. And it looked like it it was pulling on his eye a little bit. So yeah, Yeah, I do do think that he's going to get his eyeballs sucked out through those tubes. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be able to break all five of his fingers. I have a theory... I have a What's theory, up? and I bet you I'm What's right th- about that. What's that's your theory? The, that's the opening trap of the movie. You know, yeah? they all open with a trap, every single one. Yeah? Of them. That's the opening trap of that one. I believe it. I Honestly, yeah, no, because the way they opened up the, uh, the, the, the first trap that they opened up uh, Spiral with, uh, that one was pretty gruesome. Yeah, uh, I think the only one that didn't open with a trap was Saw 4, which opened with the autopsy. Uh, yes, the autopsy but, scene. Yeah, but chronologically, right. that actually comes after the events of Saw Four, which runs parallel to Three. <laughs> it's right. a huge, huge mess with the timeline. But, um, anyways, okay. Well, before we get to all of that gruesome, gruesome fun, there are some uh, other things we have to talk about, which range in a wide variety of um, gruesome horror to. Uh, heartfelt animations to yes. everything in everything in between, and yes. so you know what that means, right? Media corner time. I'm Michael Jordan. McDonald's restaurants have given me this time to talk to you about something we both really care about: drugs. All right, there, everyone. Welcome to the media corner, the part of the show where we uh, do either mini reviews of things that we've watched or played or listened to or yada yada recently, or talk about some pop culture uh, news uh, that that caught our interest. And uh, once again, Nick, since you weren't here last week, why don't you start off with something? Yeah, why not? Uh, so I watched a movie last night. Um, I've watched the, uh, the live action Little Mermaid. Oh, Um, okay. Dude, it was so well done. And Aquafina as Scuttle was fucking hilarious, bro. Oh, I, I am a a fan of, uh, I am a fan of Aquafina. I'm very interested. uh, It was, it was good. I, uh, and Melissa McCarthy, oh my God. She, her as Ursula, they could not have picked a a better actress to portray Ursula. One, whenever, like, I love Melissa McCarthy because whenever she gets in a role, she does the research for it and performs 10 out of 10 every fucking time, bro. It It was awesome. I do like Melissa McCarthy. She's great. And I, I've heard from other people who've seen this, too, that she's possibly one of the best aspects of the entire movie. Like yes. She, you can tell she's having a lot of fun with the role, and she really leans into it. Absolutely she does. She sure as hell does, yes. I've, I've heard also good things about the main actress's singing voice. Yes. As well. H- Haley Berry. I think is yeah. Is. Yeah, Haley Berry. Um I don't know. Okay, so the guy that they got to play Eric, I don't know who he is or what else he has been in, but oh my god, is he cute. 
I said I'm sure I that was intent. I'm sure that was intentional on their end, uh, too. I mean, he's supposed yeah. to be like a, like a um, uh, puppy dog prince, you know? Yes. Um, yes. But I can oh, check. There I, is, I'm, I'm checking real quick. There was okay. So there was a cameo in this movie. Jonah Howard King. Yes. Okay. I'm not Let's sure see. He... I'm, not, I'm not sure if I've seen anything else that he's been in. Yeah, probably not. Let's see. He's been in World on Fire, A Dog's Way Home, Little Women, uh, Postcards from London, Old Boys. Uh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, do continue. Uh, no, there was a cameo in this movie, um, and I don't know. I don't think it would be necessarily be considered a spoiler because it was. Uh, there was articles about it. The original voice actress uh, that played the voice of Ariel. Jody, Jody Benson. Benson. Jody Benson made a cameo. She was a, uh, a market vendor. Uh, and, she, and fun fact about Jody Benson, she's from Rockford. Interesting. Yeah. They also, and I really appreciate, one of the things I appreciate about the Kingdom Hearts games is when they could, they got the original voice actors for a lot of the Disney characters, and Jody Benson is Ariel in all of them. <laughs> nice. So that... That is nice. Yeah, sometimes they got the best sound-alikes they could, though. Like, they always got James Woods to play Hades from Hercules, because yep. you just, yeah. And, um, obvi- but, Didn't like, have anybody else. in the first game, Hercules is actually, is played by Sean Austin, uh, from, as Sam, Sam from Lord of the Rings, and... Sean Astin? Yeah. Nice! He plays Hercules in the first game, but in Kingdom Hearts 2, Hercules is played by his original voice actor, Tate Donovan, again. Gotcha, so, okay. Yeah. And they, they did the best they could sometimes. Like, they couldn't get Johnny Depp to play Jack Sparrow in Kingdom Hearts 2, so they got James Arnold Taylor uh, instead, who also voiced Timon in that game because they couldn't get Nathan Lane. Um, gotcha. But fun fact about James Arnold Taylor, he's the voice of Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank. He's the voice okay. of Johnny Test from that cartoon on Cartoon Network. And nice. he's the, the voice of Tetis in Final Fantasy X. Okay. Um, yeah, he's been in a lot. Um, so the Little Mermaid, I haven't seen The Little Mermaid yet, but uh, I it's on my list. It's on my list of things to watch, so I'll have to it's see how so I feel. good. I'm so glad, good. I'm glad you liked it, though. I'm glad you had a good time with it. It's always oh good gosh. to hear people enjoy things. Yes. What would you rate it? I would say... Honestly, I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Hmm. 8.5 out of 10, um, simply because there are some things that I can, I, uh, you'll understand when you watch this, bro, because there is a point in time where, uh, I'm not going to say what it is, but you'll, you'll know it when I, when, when, when you see it, because it doesn't make sense. 
I've heard some things. I've heard some things too, like the "Under the Sea" song is um, sorely missing in a uh, fish-based orchestra playing in the background, like the animated version. Like you can yeah. do a lot. You can do a lot more with animation than you can with live action. So it feels like they actually had to cut a lot to make it work, rather than adding things. No, um, this specific uh, part that I'm talking about involves scuttle. Is it the rap? No, 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 no. Okay. That was no, 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 not that. No, I actually enjoyed that. Actually, okay. Was, they called okay. it Scuttlebutt. Scuttlebutt. <laughs> okay. okay. No, I loved it. I loved everything to do it. with it's it. Aquafina, or is it I the fact everything... that, that Scuttle is talking underwater at one point and then goes up for air? Because that, that made that, that that makes me laugh. That makes me laugh. Bro, it's it that's not a spoiler. Make... That's not it a doesn't... spoiler. You can point that out. That's a CinemaSins thing. You're like a CinemaSins writer in training here. I'm, I think I'm rubbing off on you because yeah, you're, you're right. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any goddamn it sense. It doesn't make you're sense. Like, how are you talking underwater without the air? Look, full a full <laughs> disclosure. I watched the pitch meeting for this movie already because I was like, "It's a remake to a movie I've already seen. How much can possibly be spoiled?" You know, that's fair. Yeah. So, like, I watched the pitch meeting for it, and at one point, he was like, "Yeah." So, Scuttle's talking underwater and then goes up for air, and the other the guy's like, "Uh, <laughs> you know, he just has like, <laughs> like, wait a minute." <laughs> so I get it. I really do. Yeah, you're right. That like, bro, it doesn't make sense. Of, that defies the laws of everything it does i also love how when they introduce scuttle scuttle's eating a fish but scuttle is also friends with fish i guess only some fish matter and others don't (laughs) so right that's yeah uh again i haven't seen the movie but like you know i've gotten the breakdown and like i'm I'm going to watch it so i can get like the full experience but i know enough to know what you're talking about it was fucking awesome bro like besides the the fact that scuttle was talking underwater like that (laughs) <laughs> I, it it took me a second to realize what was happening and then i'm like wait yeah that's how is that fucking possible that's that's great um <laughs> okay oh so that's that that seems fair that seems like a fair rating then all that um, yeah from yeah, what no, i've I, heard so 8.5 8.5 um, 10 easily so I also did um, some back-to-back movie watching last night. Um, yeah. And one of those movies I watched, the the first one I watched was a horror movie called okay. Talk to Me. Um, um, what's that one about? So this, this is a very interesting creative horror movie. I'm not going to spoil anything. Do not worry if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this there, and yeah, you plan I've... on it. There are no spoilers here. This is your very basic back-of-the-box synopsis, and everything I'm about to say, if anything, will just make you want to see it more. So, um, hopefully, uh, you know, if you're into these kind of things. If you're not, then you'll have no interest, but, um, but this movie, Talk to Me, is such a unique take on your typical ghost seance movies, because unlike other horror movies where... You know, people, the kids try these things, like they try a Ouija board or like a seance or some shit like that, and then Uh things immediately go wrong and they get freaked out. Yes. That's not so much the case here. This is more of like a a group of teenagers discover that they can communicate with the dead using this mummified hand of a psychic. Oh, Um, Jesus fuck. 
but they make a game out of it. So they all get together. Oh, they of have, course they do. They have some booze. They have some drugs, right? And then they, uh, they as they, they ha- should, they hang out and they do. How the process works is you put what your hand on the hand. The hand sits on the table and you put your hand on it and they light a candle to open the doorway to the other realm and you say, uh-huh. talk, you say. Uh, talk to me, and the hand that you're holding suddenly becomes the hand of a spirit from the other side, and they're sitting face to face with you. But only the person holding the hand can see it. If they let go Ooh. of the if they let go of the hand, then the spirit disappears. They can only see it that way. Um, so, but that's only part of it. Once you tell, once you see it, the other part uh-huh. of the game is you have to say, "I let you in." Then the spirit briefly possesses you and Ooh. can see and hear, and so you are passenger in your own body still holding the hand right and the spirit Uh the spirit is in your body talking to people in the real world and stuff and it always becomes like they f- they film this and they put it on tiktok and shit because their friends yeah. reactions and stuff is funny so like there's it's unique because instead of becoming like other teen movies where they're partying and hanging out and they become addicted to drugs and booze, they're not becoming addicted to that stuff. They're becoming addicted to channeling spirits and getting funny reactions. It reminded me of, you know, you remember when I used to make Deacon go into VR horror games and record his reactions? You know? Yes! That's kind of what this was like. This movie was like for me at times watching gotcha. some of those scenes because like the people that fa- the two kids that facilitate this uh-huh. they're always recording it and they're always okay. you know like they they've got this thing down to a science. They're like, "Look, you have 90 seconds if you're if you're in there any longer than the than the spirit could fully possess you. They're like sometimes they don't like to go back. So the first half of this movie is all fun and games in that kind of way, and but as you can imagine, something eventually hor- eventually goes horribly wrong, and the yeah. movie takes a huge tone shift. It goes from okay. every it like there's this part in the movie where it's like just a montage of them all just like one after the other like channeling different spirits and having fun with it and like laughing at the uh-huh. reactions and the things the spirits make them do and shit like that but uh-huh. then at, anything more than that I can't say all I can say is something obviously cuz this is a horror movie something right. obvi- obviously goes wrong and yeah. from there the movie takes a huge tone shift and it becomes like it becomes very intense and dramatic, and it's not very heavy on the gore and violence in this movie. There is gore and there is violence, but it's so rare that when it does happen, it's all the more shocking. And Gotcha. Yeah, and it, it's really, it's not just gratuitous, pointless gore either. Like, it's very integral to the narrative, you know? It's, it's important to the story, uh, yeah. the things that happen and it's actually like the first super gory scene is actually like when the shift the tone shift happens okay and it is insane and it might be one of the better ghost movies i've ever seen because it's like every other a24 movie it borders on comedy sometimes but then when it gets to the to the really fucked up parts it knows how to be fucked up you know can uh can you can we can we can can you stream this anywhere is it uh, anywhere available right now to it, so, uh, it just came out digitally for like rental and um gotcha okay okay yeah yeah it's not available like for free anywhere you'd have to um you know 
rent it or uh, you know sail I'll the seven wait. seas if that's your if that's your prerogative. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I'm probably just gonna wait for it to come to a streaming platform. To be honest. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, it does sound interesting. It it, it does. It, it you you've got me intrigued. It's one of those things where when the shift happens, everything becomes so intense and high stakes that it makes you like, um, it puts you on the edge of your seat and you're like, Oh, how, how are they going to fix this? You know, this is, this has gone way too far at this point. And I don't know if there's any coming back from it is, you know, but you're invested at that point. So it's a 24 movies kind of have this way, the way that they're filmed, the cinematography, and it's, they're all different directors, but just something about the cinematography behind a lot of them is uh, that they, they film their movies in such a way that it makes the characters feel more real. A lot of times in horror movies, when everyone's dying left and right, you're getting just a lot of like, stereotypes that with the walking neon death sign hanging over them, you know, uh-huh. you know, like, Oh, well that character's the dumb blonde. So she's going to die. You know, the, right. they're usually annoying characters that you can't stand because you like, and then it makes you want them to die. So you don't mm-hmm. feel bad about it. That's not the right. case in a 24 horror movie, a 24 horror movies deal with like real down to earth people. And it feels like real problems. Their movies. I could almost explain them as like almost documentary style at times. If you've okay. ever seen hereditary or midsummer, you know, hereditary was right. so cringe. It, it, that's exactly what I'm talking about because it feels like you're watching a real family. At times it doesn't feel like a movie. It almost feels too real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's, but that's what I really like about these, this new wave of horror movies that they've been coming out. I'm calling it new age horror. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but that's my word for it. Uh, A20, I mean, that makes sense. A24 has a unique style and I appreciate it. Some of their movies are comedy though. Like Bodies, gotcha. Bodies, Bodies. That one is more comedy. I focused. still need to see that. But, um, but, oh, and like Everything Ever All at Once. That one's not even a horror movie. That one is just weird. That one's just really, really weird. Um, gotcha. But yeah. So, Talk to Me is definitely a high recommend. It's not, they might have, I think people were overselling it on how quote unquote scary it is. And that always happens, marketing reasons and shit like that. I wouldn't yeah. call it <clears throat> scary, but I would say, like other A24 horror movies, it's uncomfortable at times and intense. Like, Fair it's, enough. that's, you know, as it should be. You know, that's, yeah. A, that's, there's a, you know, to me, there's different kinds of horror. There's the horror that, where it's horror to the characters in the movie, but for the audience, it's just entertainment. But then yes. there's there's horror where it involves the audience and makes the audience uncomfortable and makes them squirm too. And that's the good kind. That's the it's yeah. psycho, psychological horror, you know. And trust me, there's nothing more psychological in the horror realm than putting characters characters that you genuinely like because they've been developed in a good way, taking them and putting them in hopeless, horrifying situations. You uh-huh. know, you don't care when it's some nameless teenager and his dumb bimbo girlfriend getting it on in the woods and they get macheted through the chest by Jason. You know, right. no one gives a fuck about those two. But who you do, who you will give a fuck about is the main characters of this movie. And you will yeah. want, you will want them to survive. You know, you will want things to work out for them. 
And that's that a good sense. thing about a lot of these new age horror movies is they make characters you care about while still managing to maintain like a very unsettling, uncomfortable, uh, I would even call it oppressive atmosphere of horror in the okay. in these movies. It's very oppressive. It's very like it's a very it's very heavy. It weighs down on you. That makes um, sense. You know, like, you've seen Hereditary, so you know what I'm talking about. It feels... Yes. The movie... It almost feels like the movie's trying to suffocate you a little uh-huh. bit, you know? Yep, a little bit. A little with bit. The, with the intensity. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so... Talk to me. Uh, definitely on that same level. It's definitely... Like, it's... The first half of the movie is a party with ghosts, and the second half of the movie is... <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, All right. Definitely watch that one. My, I, I, I give it. Ooh, this is true. I don't know if I want to go as far as a nine. I would definitely give it a eight, eight point five. You know what? I might give it a nine. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm reluctant to give it a nine. I give it a reluctant nine, but I give it a a, a official official eight. Okay. If I'm speaking objectively, it's an 8. But if I'm speaking personally, it's a 9. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, okay. what else you got? Uh, you'll, you'll have some input on this one. Um, I watched uh, The Day That It Dropped on Disney Plus on September 13th. I watched uh, Elemental. Oh, that was the other movie I watched last night in my back-to-back watching. I needed a palate cleanser yeah, after yeah, Talk yeah. to Me, so Fair this enough. movie definitely, no, definitely this worked one, for that. Okay, so this movie gives off major West Side Story uh, vibes, for sure. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. <sighs> yes. It was very, very well done. I found myself emotionally connected to the characters. Mm-hmm. And I, I this is some real shit. Like, what, what's going to happen if they can't, like, touch? Like, you know, this, this movie was, this movie was good. Very yeah. well done. This was cinema. This wasn't a movie. This was cinema. This was yes. good. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a, that's a that's a high praise. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess that's just I guess that's just a running joke now. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's a it's running a running nasty. joke that we s- stole from something else. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, I, I, you know, with the West Side Story comparison, I would also even say, like, there's a forbidden love aspect, like, yes. not yeah. quite, not quite Romeo and Juliet, but not quite not either. Right, you know? yeah, no, it gave off that, it definitely gave off Romeo and Juliet vibes, too. I think there's also, like, a very obvious, not so subtle, um, metaphor for racism here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, especially yeah. because the fire people immigrated from another land. Yep. <laughs> well, I don't know. Racism or xenophobia? I think it would be one of the two. Um, yeah. But it wasn't, yeah, it was not uh, so subtle. The um, It was very, like, 
I it was difficult for me though because like I agree with the movie's message wholeheartedly. So that's not um by any nah, it was means a phenomenal whatsoever. movie. Yeah, yeah, the message is a really good message. The 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 metaphors as on the nose they are about like racism and shit are things I think some people need to hear. But yes. You have to have a big suspension of disbelief because there are some parts where it's like and trust me, uh, this is why I have to be very strong about this part where I say that I agree very strongly with the movie's message. But I do have to point out that from a logistical and realistic point of view, um, and that there are some parts where I was kind of like, well, they have a point, but it's not what you think. Because, right. like, look, they didn't want to let the fire into the museum because they were afraid that yada yada and so on down. and so forth. But, like, the, um... But, like, that flower was resistant to everything, you know, yeah. they were just being mean about... But there are... There were some moments where I thought to myself, where I was like, well, having fire around in this particular setting probably isn't the best thing. And the movie itself kind of validates that by showing scenarios where um, people kind of have a right to be pissed off at Ember because she's, like, bumping into them and, like, burning all their, like, uh, bushes off and shit, you know? yeah. Uh, so I'm like, obviously in no way, shape, or form does that justify the, you know, uh, prejudice at <laughs> all. But, like, nah. you know, if you look at these characters as people, then yeah, the message works. But looking at them as elements as they are, there are some, you know, fire is dangerous. <laughs> I don't know yes. how else to explain. You know, it's kind of a... It, it defeats the purpose of the movie if you start looking at it like that, but it is hard not to look at it like that when your brain works like mine. <laughs> yes. Um, that doesn't diminish the movie at all, though. The movie is good. The movie is really good. Um, it really is. I enjoyed it. I noticed that the actors were all, like, the voices... Because when I saw the cast listing, it was a lot of people I had never heard of, but all the voices they were doing in the movie sounded like they were trying to channel other actors. Like... The lady who played the Gale, the Cloud Lady, sounded like she was trying to do a Jane Lynch, you know? Yeah, it did. She um, sure did. She sure did. And the the girl who played Ember sounded like a mix of, like, Emma Stone and, um... Oh, I can't quite place my finger on it. But there was something else there that I had noticed, too. And, uh, I was like, wow, her voice sounds so familiar. And then I looked her up and it was someone I had never heard of. <laughs> Uh, yeah. they, it was basically all new cast in this movie, which, um, surprised the hell out of me at how good they all were, right. you know, with that being the case. I, uh, I really enjoyed good. it too. Really good message. It, it's funny cause I said I wanted this movie as a palate cleanser to the horror movie, but then this movie ended up making me cry like three different times. <laughs> Bro, it'd be like that sometimes though. Uh, but it was, it was good. And there were, it got a, it got a couple of good laughs out of me. There was, um, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I'm not going to like spoil anything story related or all that, but the, uh, the food inspector scene made me laugh a little bit, uh, just because yeah. of the one, the one line where he's like, are you really a food inspector? And he's like, as far as you know, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, that was, that was kind of clever. Um, yeah, it was. So yeah, some of those, uh. 
the movie didn't do very well at the box office, but I hear it's doing better on Disney Plus um, Dude, now. It was, yeah, no, it's the numbers. It's, it's getting good numbers. Yes, absolutely. Good streaming numbers, and I just added to those streaming numbers, and so did you. So yes, I did. <laughs> Opening um, day, launching day, actually. Not me. For me, it was uh, last night at the time of recording this, but, you know. Um, gotcha, yeah, yeah. I did a double feature. I did a, um, a horror movie and a Disney movie, because that's just how I roll. <laughs> right? I mean, I am the kind of guy who can go from Outlast to Kingdom Hearts and not blink an eye, so... So, um... What would you give Elemental? What rating would you give it? Mm. Okay, um... <laughs> Me personally, if I'm thinking objectively, I'd give it an eight. Personally, like I said, that's cinema. That's a ten. Perfect ten across the board. Okay. Yeah, I. I was actually thinking around an 8, too, but I don't know if that's, like, the, um... I, I don't... I think it's one of those 8s not because... Not because it, it it does anything wrong within what it does, but one of those 8s because maybe it's just missing a little something-something extra. That's all. Yeah. You know? uh, for me, personally. Like, I really enjoyed it, but maybe, you know, there was maybe something a little... A little more there that, uh... You know, and I can't quite place my finger on what could have been there, but it's just one of those, like, it didn't go the extra mile like, say, uh, Toy Story did, you know, what I mean. You want to hear something funny, though? I watched it twice that day. Oh, nice. I fell fell asleep watching it uh, with with my daughter, Mm. but we went over to my friend Asher's house, and she was already planning on watching it with her kids, so we just sat there and watched the entire Elemental movie. Very nice. I do want to yeah. say one of the one of the things I really noticed, and it helps too that my my TV has Dolby Vision for for Disney Plus built into it. Okay. Um, so, uh, the visual of like the visuals on this movie have got to be some of the most photorealistic visuals I've seen in a Pixar movie yet. Like, Dude, you're not lying though. A lot of those, the, that, set, it was so good. A lot of those set pieces really, honestly, look like they just like built mini set pieces by hand and then just zoomed a camera in on them. You know what I mean? Right? Like, yeah. They looked real. Like a lot of like the cobblestone on the on the roadways and like Dude, the water. The, the water detail though. Yeah. The detail. It was it was really really well done. It was and it then like, was. even the animation of the characters themselves. It, it it was like they didn't look as the characters didn't look as realistic as the environments they were in, but the environments looked so cool. And that underwater scene with the flowers was really pretty. Um, yeah, it was. So yeah, I uh, so I yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with the the eight on that. Um, okay, I um. Now is that objectively or personally? Um, I don't know. Both, I would say. Both, okay. Yeah, yeah. I would go with both on that one. Okay. Um. Now I won't have a lot to say about this because I haven't put a lot into it. But 
I needed something to talk about here, so I am talking about um, the Crew Motorfest um, okay. a little bit. They did. Um, th- it came out recently, and over this past weekend, if by the time you're listening to this, it's way too late for this. But as of right now, for a couple hours, still available. There is a um, a, a free trial for the Crew Motorfest. Um, that you don't, you didn't have to have PlayStation Plus or anything like that for it. It was just a five-hour trial presented by Ubisoft. You basically download the full game, thirty-two okay. gig, like thirty-two gigs, and then there's like a timer in it that counts down five hours. This game plays almost exactly like Forza Horizon, where you're in a big open world type area and you're driving all through this big map where there's other cars and shit you can run into. And okay. You are driving from mission to mission, and then, like, each mission is a different kind of race, and you're gaining experience, and you're, like, earning money to buy new cars and upgrades and shit. When the game starts, the tutorial introduces you to all the different types of races and environments you're going to be going through in this game. And so Uh it takes you through, like, this playable montage of different what they call playlists. So it starts as a cutscene, and then it throws you onto the screen, and it's like, our first playlist is Made in Japan. And then it shows you all these, like, Japanese-made cars drifting through the streets, and then you start driving in a race in this playlist and then once okay. you, and then once you reach a certain amount of time or a certain point of the race it hits another cutscene and then shifts to the next playlist which is off-roading and then you do nice. the you do the same thing it goes from cutscene to gameplay and you do you get to try it a bit and then it shifts to another cutscene and throws you okay. into a, another one um which like there's there's different kinds there was uh vintage cars uh Lamborghini Oh, Oh, nice. Yeah, and each of these have their own playlists, so... And then, once all that was done, and I had chose my avatar and stuff, and it let me do the open world, it let me choose from a certain couple of playlists to start with, and then, like, after I chose one, that's the one I'd have to do for a while, and then the other ones would, like, unlock as I progressed, so I chose... I started with the Made in Japan list, and made my way through that, and each of these playlists has a a self-contained story within it so in the made in japan playlist i met this guy named hero who was like taking me through all these races and as you're racing you can hear Uh you can hear the other racers communicating with each other um through the through the uh the 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 comms in the cars Um, okay you know kind of like how they do in fast and furious so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you can hear them. So even though they're all competing with each other, like it's you know they all know each other and stuff, and then they'll say things. You know, you don't talk or nothing, but they'll say things directly to you because you get to pick a car for driving around the open world and doing custom races, uh-huh. custom races and stuff. But you are uh, when you go do these story missions that are part of playlists, you get a uh-huh. lo- you get a loner car that you drive specifically for that mission. Um. For each okay. one, so this game is basically Ubisoft's take on Forza Horizon because the difference between Forza Horizon and Motorsport is Horizon is more of an open world game that has like a lot of off roading and driving from mission to mission, all that. Whereas Motorsport is more of a traditional racing game. I would call See, Forza Horizon more of a car PG, and that's what this is too. <laughs> that's what this is. Too. Gotcha. Yeah. So 
the crew motorsport actually is one of the games motor fest really motor Motor fest Fest. it's interesting you should say that it's interesting you should say that though because before i forget one of the playlists is motorsport you jump into it and you're driving f1 formula cars for that one briefly Yeah, yeah, that that one's motor- more professional too, because you have to like you nice. your, your, your your tires wear down when you like drift okay. and stuff, and you have to stop into the pit stop and everything like an actual race. Um, gotcha. So like each playlist is handled differently. Made in Japan is all about drifting. The off road one is all about off roading. Obviously, the per- motorsport one is all about professional racing. You know, so how uh-huh. how you drive in the game is handled differently. Uh, for each playlist. That makes sense. But no, the Crew Motorfest is is one of the games that did catch my attention uh, during Summer Game Fest. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely plan on buying this one at some point. Yeah, it's it's uh it's one of the things I like about it too because I'm very picky about my racing games. Um they have to be accessible for me. What what I can't stand in a racing game, what'll get me to like quit out and delete it immediately is if is if the slightest the slightest touch of the joystick or hitting the brake or whatever makes my car fishtail all over the goddamn place. Like I right. like if I'm if I I'm get that. if I'm taking a curve and I'm like and I hit the brakes because I'm trying to, like, I'm used to, like, drifting in Mario Kart and shit. I want to be able yeah. to take curves like that. So what I can't stand is, like, when I hit the brakes and then I just keep sliding and sliding and slamming to the wall. Like, I hate yeah. that, like, overly realistic slippery tires bullshit in racing games. I prefer my cars to control tight. I like them to feel like the wheels are fucking glued to the pavement. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. And so... I so this game works for me. It also I'm playing on the easiest difficulty, which kind of helps because they give you a um, a guideline that shows you where you should be driving and where you should be braking as you're racing, and it okay. kind of makes your opponents a little less aggressive too. Um, Makes sense. So at one point the game was actually like, "Hey, you're kind of kicking ass with no real opposition. Do you want to up the difficulty a bit?" And I'd be like, "No, that's the point, asshole." Like, uh, right? <laughs> I want to feel like an unstoppable badass. I'm not in this uh, right. for the challenge right now. Um, uh, right. I'm in it for fun. I got like five hours to play this demo. I'm not trying to be pissed off. I just want to try it. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that um. So I enjoy it for that. So whenever I'm taking... There were a couple of times where I fucked up, but that's the other thing. This game has a rewind button, just like Forza does. So if you fuck up, you can hold down triangle and rewind up to, like, I I think it's like 20 seconds. Uh, So if you crash, you can basically rewind time and try again. Um, Nice. Yeah. um, So I I prefer these more, like, cartoony, over-the-top racing games than I do the realistic ones to be honest. The the realistic ones for car fanatics are not for me. And this one definitely has some car fanatic um, like fan service for sure, but... Does it? Yeah, uh, 100%. But, um, and that's the only thing about racing games that really doesn't appeal to me is all that, like, I don't even like doing upgrades to the car because I don't know or care about what any of that means, (laughs) you know? Right. You know, uh, I'll just buy a better one. You know, it's just pretty much uh, that's all you can do in some of the so 
Um, but yeah, I enjoyed what I played of this so far. So I would probably go ahead and um, and I would probably buy the full game or at least rent it from GameFly when it comes out. Give it right. a good, give it the old college try, you know. Yeah. Um, but I can't recommend the demo anymore because you won't be hearing this by the time it's out. But I do recommend the actual game just based off what I played of the demo. So, yeah. So what's your third thing? My third thing. Uh, I have no. I know I talked about this on a previous episode, but they have a new season of Only Murders in the Building uh, out on Hulu. Uh, I think. I don't think they have all of the episodes out yet, uh, but they are. I'm sure they're close to the uh, the season finale. Uh, I have not. I've only watched like maybe a few episodes of season three of Only Murders in the Building. Basically, what the show is about is uh, it's these three, three the three main the three main protagonists are uh, played by uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. Now, the premise of the show Only Murders in the Building. All three of them, along with all of the other residents of the Arconia in New York. New York City, actually. Um, and without spoiling anything, it's basically the, the premise of the show. Um, there's a, a murder in the Arconia and they... The three of them uh, end up at a diner across the street from the Arconia or something, and they they were always bumping into each other on the elevator in the Arconia, so they sat at a table, and they're all listening to the same podcast. And one of them gets the bright idea, hey, we should do a podcast and investigate, because I don't think this was a suicide. I think this was a murder. So they basically do a true crime podcast and they release new episodes uh, whenever they acquire new um, evidence based on their investigation. Oh, and uh, something to note, Paul Rudd is in season three. No! Ant-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. It sounds like a good lineup, like a good cast. That's got to be Steve Martin and Martin Short have always been great together. Nathan Lane is in it, too. Nathan Lane is in it. Uh, let's see. Who else? Who else? Of Let's see. Let me, let, me, let me just pull up the cast list real quick. What was that... Um... Um, okay, so they have the, the three main protagonists. Steve Martin, he plays the role of Charles Hayden Savage. Martin Short is Oliver Putnam. And Selena Gomez is Mabel Mora. Let's see, who else is in this? Uh, the, Tina Fey is in it. Uh, quite frequently, she's in nine episodes, but she uh, is she's a um, 
not a very nice person in this in this show. <laughs> she's uh, uh she she's the lead of a another true crime podcast that I'm not uh, so I'm not going so basically oh they have without, competition. Yes, 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 competition. Okay. It, it kind of from what you're explaining, it kind of gives me vibes of that scene in Anchorman where they go to have a standoff with the other news team, and then a bunch of other news teams show up to be part of the standoff. Yes, and it's just I like exactly an, it's just like an about. ass ass load of celebrity cameos. Yes, yeah, but no, um, Nathan Lane is in it. Uh, let's see who else. Michael Rappaport. He okay. is in season two. He's been in a. He was. He's been in a lot. I'm gonna have to fact check, but that might be pronounced rapport. I, I could be wrong, but it's just it's it's one of those goofy ass names, you know. Yeah. Like, how do you say Kate ba- ba- Basinger? Bassinger? Bassinger? Uh, bro, I had no idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Meryl Streep is also in season three. Meryl Streep's rope. Got... Oh, and um, Amy Schumer was oh. in. She was in season two. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> now, if you had said Amy Poehler, then that would have been good. Yeah, no. Um, Mel Brooks makes a cameo. Jimmy Sounds Fallon like a, makes a cameo. Oh, of course. Sounds like a classic SNL uh, reunion show. You know. Bro, like you ain't even joking though. That's uh, but no. I just, like... spe- speaking of SNL reunions, real quick, I I want to tell you, and I'm going to say it here too. This is not an official entry in my media corner because I'm not going to get into it. But I do have to mention it offhandedly because Martin Short had a show with him for a while, and like yes. their friends, and so John Mulaney has a new stand up that came out this year on Netflix called Baby J. And okay. He talks about his experience going through rehab and stuff and how, like, a bunch of his friends who are celebrities, like Fred Armisen and Seth Meyers, who are SNL alumni, had an intervention for him, and they sent him into rehab. He tells that whole story, and his whole stand-up bit is based around his rehab adventures. And it is some of the funniest fucking shit I've heard in in my life. Like, if you haven't haven't watched or listened... What was the special called? John Mulaney, Baby J. It's on Netflix. I think I may have watched some of it. Oh yeah, you've got you got to watch it to the end. The payoff at the end is great, but I don't want to. That's okay. I don't want. I don't want to get into it. Like that is John Mulaney is one of my favorite comedians. You know, he's one of the. Oh most, yeah, he's like, been he, he's been in a lot of the uh, the Comedy Central roasts, hasn't he? Um, no, I don't think so. Not him. No, but really? he is good. He is I good swore. friends with Pete. He's good friends with Pete Davidson, and he's a former writer for SNL, and he's hosted. Okay. He's hosted SNL several times. So, okay. Yeah, that's where I know him from. Um, but yeah, he's um hilarious, hilarious guy. His his sense of comedy is like right up my alley. It's my kind of, you know, uh, like witty sarcasm type of humor. Yes. Um, oh shit. So, Only Murders, Season 3, out now on oh, Hulu. That's a Hulu-exclusive show, isn't it? Yeah, it is a Hulu original, yes. 
I, it's on my list. Again, another thing that I haven't watched yet, but it's on my list. I've been meaning to get to it as just so many things, so little time. But that one Steve is... Steve Martin. That one's high up, high up the list. Yeah, no, Steve Martin and Martin Short together, comic, comedy geniuses. Yeah, they were in a at, classic at movie. Best. I was trying to remember what the hell the name of it was. I wanted to say The Three Caballeros, but I'm like, no, nah, that's the one with Donald Duck and the, the parrot. Um... It's the the three, the three amigos, I think. The three amigos, yeah. It, yeah. it was it was Steve Martin, Martin Short, and then there was also one other. Yeah, I forget individual. I forget. Hold on, let me let me fact check that. No, oh, Chevy Chevy Chase. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Steve that's Martin, right. Martin Short. <sighs> that's right. That's Chase. right. That's right. Okay. All right. Um, well, um, the only other the other thing I have, which will definitely be dated news by the time this episode comes out, but fuck it, I'm going to talk about what I was interested in, anyways. Um, very recently, earlier this week, at the time of recording this, PlayStation and Nintendo on the same day both had a quick little, you know, Nintendo Direct and State of Play. Nothing like super big, just like updates on games we already knew about, as well as yeah. Um, as well as some minor surprises for indie games and third-party developers. Um, the So I'm going to talk a little bit about Nintendo first, and I just want to say um, that even though it's not exclusive, they announced it at their show, um, but the original three Tomb Raider games for the PS1 are getting remastered across all platforms getting a remastered oh. collection, which is really cool. And the difference is, like, when they did the, the, the side-by-side comparisons of, like, the old version and the remastered version, you can tell the yeah. difference. You can you, tell the you difference. You definitely can. You definitely can. They upgraded the character model to make her less polygonal and shit, you know. Sure like, the fuck did. Made the scenery look more interesting. I wonder if they're going to update yes. the, the controls to be more modernized, too, so it's not, like, Maybe. such a pain in the ass, you know. Right, um, no, that game was a pain in the fucking ass, dude. The, it I, was interesting. I know, I know we talked. I know we talked about it on the uh, all generations of game consoles, uh, but the one that I love is is that in the one where you get to lock the butler in in the in the fridge in in the freezer. That's the second game. That's yeah. the second game. Okay, so that is, is yeah. in this. That is in this. That is in this collection. Cool. I hope, I, you know what? I hope there's a fucking trophy for it. In fact, uh, me too. You know That'd what? Be that fucking would be, awesome. That would be because they did a callback to it in one of the reboots in the Croft Manor DLC. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, all right. Like a little Easter egg that you can find in a note about how Laura used to lock the butler in the freezer when she was a kid. So, uh-huh. um. So that's interesting. Um, a, a lot of stuff that stood out to me in this Nintendo one is mostly like you know, like uh, the JRPGs and stuff. Like there was a yeah, em, like a Emerald Saga or something like that from Square Enix yeah. that looked really cool to me. Um, yeah, it did. But um, Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door for the Nintendo GameCube is getting a remaster. That was yeah. A, that was a good note. That and the um the 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 update the 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 newest um is it a DLC or is there an update for the oh. Mario Kart Deluxe Eight? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, the they're adding a uh, they're adding a 
track from uh they're adding a track from the uh Mario Kart Wii. Yeah, they're adding track. they're adding two cups worth of tracks actually and it's the final wave of DLC. So for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Switch, there's a DLC you can buy. It's $25. It's a booster pack and basically what it gives you is extra characters and tracks that come in waves, and I bought it when yeah. it first came out. So every month this year, they've been releasing a new wave of tracks and characters for people who have this booster pass. And um, nice. the last wave is coming out later this holiday season, and yep, I'm, and I'm excited for it. They're um, adding some characters from Mario Kart Tour, uh, the yeah, mobile game. Diddy Kong is going to be in there too. They add, they're adding Diddy yeah. Kong and Funky Kong. And, yep. uh, and Paulina. Pe- and Peachette. Peachette, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, if you have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, there are two ways you can get this booster pass. You can either pay $25 to buy it as the DLC, and once you buy it, the booster pass, it will entitle you to every single wave that's come out thus far, you know? Nice. You know? Okay. Um, and then you just have to wait for the next one in line. Or if you have the um, more expensive version of Nintendo Switch online, the booster pack version or whatever, um, that's like the 50 a year or whatever, that one that also gives you more virtual console stuff too. Yeah. That automatically comes with that DLC as well as DLC for Animal Crossing as well. Nice. So Okay. Yep, so it entitles you to it. So yeah, I'm excited for that, uh, the new Mario stuff and all that. Looks like Princess Peach is getting her own game, which I think we already knew about, but I kind of forgot about, but it was a good reminder um, yeah, to, it was. to see that. Um, so it's a pretty decent show overall. And then PlayStation also had some Theirs stuff. was shorter than Nintendo's. Nintendo's was a tad bit longer. Yeah, Nintendo's was like 40 minutes. PlayStation's was like just over 20 minutes. Um, yeah, I the only the only thing that really like stood out to me during the PlayStation uh, state of state of play was uh, Avatar uh, Frontiers of Pandora. Yeah, so we got an update on Avatar, but I was gonna say we got another update on Spider Man Two as well. We did, yeah, we did. No, about all of the all the different um the suits. The suits, yeah, dude, I'm excited. I'm so ready to play that game. I'm, <laughs> so, I'm like, bro, I am so ready. I'm here for it. I'm I, I, here me for too. it. Me too. Spider Man Two, Alan Wake Two. It's about to be a busy fall, bro. Um, it is. It's about to be a busy fall season. Um, yes. Yeah, that, and then uh, for me, obviously, the big thing was at the end. I both, you know, both of those things you mentioned, I'm interested in, but also. We got another trailer for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, part two in the Final Fantasy VII Remake trilogy, and I'm super excited for this because a lot of the things they showed as someone who's played through the original was super nostalgic and on point, just like in a different, like, I was like, oh, there's the buggy that you drive around to get over certain terrain, and... They showed uh-huh. different colored chocobos, and the green ones can fly, and the black ones can climb up cliffs, and they showed the gold saucer, which is the casino area that you visit in the original game, and they showed the mini games that you can play there. That's That's been a big thing in Final Fantasy games. Almost all of them has some kind of, like, casino-type area where you can play mini games. 
Yeah. Um, Still no mention of Grand Theft Auto Six though. I'm kind of disappointed. No, I'm really but they, hoping that they're not going to show that off at something like this. I know the, the, it's going to be saved for a big event like the Game Awards yeah. or something. Um, Dude, could you imagine if they announced that at we, the Game Awards? We'll do our Game Awards speculation episode in November. Um, okay. Yeah. Once they announce the once they announce the um, the nominees, then we'll do. Well, our, hello there, Nibbler. But. Yeah, so I'm just like, all this, we got is a fucking three and a half minute trailer. That is a lot to be showing you for a game, and that means that the game itself is going to be fucking chonky as shit. It's going to be a long, big game. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I looked at the, the 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 guest characters that we're getting. They showed Vincent Valentine at the end. I'm just I'm excited. Bro, that new Spider Man game looks fucking fire. I um. Also, if I had the PSVR two, I would love to play the Resident Evil four remake on that. That would be oh, that would yeah, be nice. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. But I don't have it yet. I will get it eventually because I want to do a let's play of Switchback, which is the spiritual successor to Until Dawn: Rush of Blood. Um, yeah. But I was trying to think if there was something. Oh, um, so there is a DLC coming out for a JRPG game called Tales of Arise, which is a game okay. I enjoy. Tales of is a is a pretty decent underrated um JRPG series that uh-huh. um I actually am going to give more in-depth attention to uh when we we're eventually going to do a hidden gems part 2 folks and that's uh yes I'll, I'll probably talk about that series over there a little bit but um right. it's getting it's getting a DLC we got a trailer for that which was pretty cool so, oh, and the Resident Evil 4 remake is getting its separate ways DLC where you play as Ada Wong. Um, okay. Which is, you know, something that was in the original as a, as a different, once in the original game, once you beat it, you unlocked separate ways as a separate campaign you could play. So, um, hopefully, hopefully it's a free DLC. Hopefully they don't charge for something that was in the original version <laughs> as an unlockable, um, but so um not a whole lot to get into with either of those those were kind of like the major standouts for me right uh, yeah no either way but um so uh with all that in my, it if anything it's all just you know made me more excited for things that i already knew about but like got to see more of you know i was like yeah I want more of that. I'm oh, and as that baby steps game, by the way, I'm more than anything excited to watch my favorite YouTubers rage out over it over that shit. Bro, like they, that baby steps game looked so much like it looks frustrating, but it looks fun. Yeah, because it's one of those intentionally bad controls games where it's like it's <laughs> yeah. like it's like co-op or getting over it, where it's supposed to be frustrating. Yeah, uh, also like Octodad. Yes, or like Octodad. Yes, yep. Yep, I, I I guess I don't know what the genre is for those. I guess they're co-op types. Because <laughs> I guess yeah. co-op is what it's started all that. You remember? It's co- purposely broken, just like Goat Simulator. Do you remember co-op though? How complicated that was. The key no, W key That's the game that started all this. Was a game you could play on your browser where you had to control a horse with the key W O P keys on your on your like each one was a different leg for the horse. On, okay. the, on the keyboard, and that's why they called it Quop Key W O P. Um, that's how that's the thing that started all this. So, okay, 
But anyways, um, well, that's our media corner for this episode. Um, yes. So, um, in the infamous words of Jigsaw himself, it's time to play a game. everyone welcome to this episode's uh topic of interest and um yeah. the top- and in honor of the upcoming saw x we decided we're gonna i've been wanting to do a tier list for a while so this episode is going to be a tier list but it's going to be a tier list of a random assortment of 37 different traps from the first seven saw movies so let's go Yes. Um, so for those of you who don't know what a tier list is, it's basically, um, think of a school grading list, A, B, C, D, and F, and then add the letter S to it. In Japan, S is the highest grade you can get in school. So a lot of video games, like Sonic the Hedgehog and Guitar Hero and Devil May Cry, have uh, the... S rank as the highest rank you can get when you're being scored and graded for your performance at the end of a level or a song or whatever. So that idea has been taken into tier lists um, for different things, and people do this all the time. You've probably seen YouTubers like Markiplier or the Game Grumps do tier lists for fast food restaurants and tier lists for Five Nights at Freddy's characters and tier lists for Pokemon and shit like that. So, um... So we're doing it for saw traps. Um, so basically, S is the best of the best, the highest ranking you can get, um, and F is the lowest of the low, and then of course everything else comes between that. Um, and we're going to be ranking these based off of a huge assortment of different reasons. We're going to be discussing and possibly debating each one and where we think it should go. And if we're basically in agreement, then we'll put it in that section. But if we, if, if our, if we are pretty heavily split on it, then we'll have to find somewhere in the middle to throw it. Um, yeah. And kind of maybe decide the stronger, argument on that one, but um, I, th- I get the feeling that these are all going to be pretty um, easy to figure out, so... Yes. Um, so with that in mind, uh, two warnings before we get this going, the first of which is that um, this is obviously going to contain spoilers for the first seven Saw movies. Now, there are no traps in this tier list from Jigsaw and Spirals, so this was probably made before those came out. That being said, though... At the end of this, we may have a discussion about some of our favorite traps from those, because I do want to talk about our favorites as well. Um, so, uh, so I'll warn you before that part comes if you're worried about spoilers, but also, it's impossible to talk about these without going into <laughs> gratuitous detail of what exactly happens in these traps and what they do and how, you know, because I'm going to have to... Yeah. Ex- for, because for the people who are only listening and not watching the video version, I'm going to have to explain each of these. If you're watching the video version, you can see on screen right now all of the images of each one in the tier list. So anyways, if you are uh, perhaps sensitive to... Um, 
gore and violence and stuff like that, even if it's just being explained in verbal detail, which can sometimes be worse, because if you've never seen these movies and you sit here and hear me explain this, your imagination may paint a worse picture than what was actually on screen. So <laughs> Right. Um... So that's the other thing, too. So if this is not your kind of thing, if this ain't your kind of bag, I, I recommend peacing out now. I, I, I promise you we will not be offended uh, if you choose to leave the episode before we get into this. Um, Absolutely not. Yep. Yeah, it's not um, – that is not at all uh, – you know, we, we, we understand. We definitely do. Not all of these topics will be for everyone. Um, I mean, we have a – we're going to have an episode coming up around Halloween that is – exclusively horror focused so um you know there's a little something for everyone here on this show but not everything is for everyone on this show Mm -hmm. is the best way to put it um but that's because we cover all things pop culture and nerd culture not just one or two things all of it so Mm -hmm. and this time part of all of it is saw because that's what's on that's what's on everyone's (laughs) mind right now so that's what we're doing yeah so anyways, uh, enough dilly-dallying and warnings. You've been warned. If you're still here, that's on you at this point. We're going to get into it. So, All right. Um, we're going to start with... I, I don't know if I want to start in the order that they put them in on here, because I gave you a list that's in order, so that might be easier. But Yeah. I, yeah, fuck it. So the first one <laughs> is the Angel Rack Trap from Saw 3. Now, this is the one that... Um, agent that okay. uh that carrie so carrie is um she works with the detectives she is the detective that eric matthews was having an affair with in the second movie okay he was the guy played by donnie Wahlberg, whose son went missing in the third movie okay in the third movie one of the early traps in the movie sees her wake up um in this machine strapped to the to the ceiling where these hooks are hooked into her rib cage and a key is in a, oh. a key is in a cup of acid in front of her and she's told if she can get the key out of the acid with her hand and unlock the thing she'll go free and she succeeds but she doesn't go free and the machine goes off and rips her ribs out anyways and we later learn oh, that's because it was an Amanda trap and Amanda's traps were unwinnable so um, that shit's fucking insane. Yeah, I have to oh say, this is probably one of the most memorable traps in Saw 3, and also one of yeah. the most iconic traps in the franchise. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's, like, I mean, it's really good in that scene at the end where she knows she's about to die, and she puts her arms up and grabs the chains, and it's, it's yes. like, it's very um, symbolic, kind of, almost. Yeah. It, it's yes. it's really good. It's really filmed really well. I um, it might be just m- missing maybe one tiny little aspect that makes it like pushes it over the edge like so many others. But I would, and maybe I'm just being superfluous here. Uh, but I would put it in A. Uh, here, if for no other reason than. A for Angel Rack, <laughs> you know? There you go. I mean, why not? Can, do, we, do we agree with that one, or do you think it deserves... Yeah, why do, not? Or do you think it deserves S or lower than A? Like... <clears throat> see, I've... I have to look at the list, though, because I know my favorite trap... I mean, these don't all... Like, there's 37 of these, and only one, two, three, four, five, six letter grades, so obviously several are going to go in the same spot. 
you know. That's yeah. why I can I on my screen I can click and drag them. So there's just going to be like a row of them in each. I'm, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that we fill up each letter category. That there's at least one thing in each category. Um, but I guess that depends on how we feel. So I'm going to put a I'm going to put the angel rack trap from Saw Three in A. I feel like that's a fair spot for it. Yeah, I feel like that's a fair spot for it. Yeah, let's not let's not spoil our favorites until we get to them. Um, Okay. So, so A works for you on that one? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, the next one is also from Saw 3. It's the freezing room trap from Saw 3. This is part of Jeff's line of tests where he had to decide whether or not to forgive three different people involved in the hit and run that killed his son. So, um,. And the woman was a witness, uh, and then there's the judge, and then there's the guy who actually ran him over. So this woman, this he walks up and he finds this woman chained up naked in a meat freezer, and she's being sprayed with cold water. He has to grab this key to get her out, and he has to you know, rip a little face skin off on a frozen pipe in order to get it. And he, he doesn't get to her in time. He does try, to his credit, but he hesitates for too long, and she freezes to death. Um, okay. I don't. If you, it was the very first test in in Jeff's Jeff's line of traps in Saw Three. Um, I uh, I know a lot of people really <coughs> like this one, but for me personally, this one's a C. I think. Um, and then no, I'm not being a, I'm not being a smartass. It's not C for cold. It's um, <laughs> it's um, although I might could, as well be. I could make that argument, but no, it's C because it's not. For one thing, it's not gory like the other deaths are. It's, no, she just freeze. She just turns into a to a nipsicle, and yeah, pretty much. Um. And, like, Jeff is annoying in this movie because he hesitates too goddamn much. <laughs> he takes way too long, yeah. and the only person he does manage to save ends up <clears throat> dying anyways. Um, yeah. But, yeah. like, um, and then, like, every time he's like, I tried to save you, please, I forgive you, I forgive you. It doesn't fucking matter when they're dead. <laughs> um, no, don't. Um, but, like, so, but this one didn't really have much to it. It was a very simple setup. Oh, she's in a cold, <clears throat> she's in a cold freezer. She's being sprayed with water. She freezes to death at the end. Like, it's, it's not, it's not elaborate. It's not over the top. It's not <clears throat> like some kind of rude Goldbergian nonsense like some of the later stuff. It's not, it's not creative. It's one of their least creative ones. It's not bad, yeah. though. I have, no. I have, a, <clears throat> there is a special place in F for one particular trap from Saw 7. Um, that I am going to, that I have a strong argument for, and that might be the only one that goes in F for me, but it's going there. <laughs> and, okay. Um, but this one, is, I would put this one in C, because it's just very average. It's just, like, right in the middle, you know? It's barely passing um, yeah. on the thing. But the next one in line is also from Saucy, and this is the pig vat trap, where the judge is chained to the bottom of the, the thing, and the pig corpses are being <laughs> ground up and spewed on them, and he's slowly drowning in pig guts. In order to get the key to save the judge from this trap, Jeff has to burn the belongings of his dead son, all of his stuffed animals and photos and shit. Uh, I couldn't. 
So this one, I'm... I couldn't. This one I want to rank highly for that part alone. This is actually the most emotional trap, even though it's disgusting. It's a disgusting-ass trap. This one is gross. But <clears throat> because of what Jeff has to do in order to get the key to save the judge, it, it, it adds a lot of emotion to it. It adds a lot of depth, and it's the only one where he actually manages to save someone. So I want to... I don't know if it. I don't want to put it in A because it's really fucking disgusting. But I think it deserves credit for the emotional aspect. So I kind of want to. I, I want to put it in B. I would let the judge just drown and take that. <laughs> I there's no way in hell <laughs> I am burning my son's stuff to save someone else's life. No. The, the big part of it for Jeff, though, because part of his test is was that he he the the death of his son became like something of an obsession with him. Like even after so many years after it happened, he was just he he couldn't move on from it, and it was uh, ruining his life. So that part, I think, part of that test was teaching him how to let go. Was part of it too. Yeah, not that it not that, that it justifies sense. all this torture and shit, obviously. But right, no, that makes sense. But um, I, how do how do you feel about putting this one in B for the reasons I mentioned? Or I uh... uh, yeah, I say that's fair. Yeah, okay. I mean, also also another reason is because they used real maggots <clears throat> on those pig corpses. I just want to point that out in the behind the scenes. Oh, that's gross yeah so um one of the things Ew. i always loved about the older saw movies is that they went with practical effects whenever they could instead of cgi right so yeah exactly um that was uh, really well done so the next one from saw 3 is extremely iconic um it might be one of the, the twisting most, crucifix the twisting this crucifix what... aka the rack might be the most controversial trap in the saw franchise this is one of my favorite traps. Yes. One of my favorite traps. Yes, I've always enjoyed the Twisting Crucifix. Yep, so this this is the one where the, the, the drunk driver that hit the kid is chained up to this rack, and it slowly twists <clears throat> his arms and legs around one by one until they snap, and then ends with his head. Yes. Um, yes. And Jeff tries to save him, but he doesn't do it in time. The judge gets killed by the shotgun the key's tied to in the process. Um, yes. So Jeff basically ends up saving nobody. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, this one, um, I think, is probably one of the most talked about traps. Um, it's also one of the most difficult to watch for a lot of people, from what I've heard. Like they said, out of every, uh -huh. every trap in every movie, this one is the one that still makes them squirm every time. Um, yes. So I think just because of sheer brutality and what the fuckery and memorableness and like <clears throat> making the audience uncomfortable and like S. how it became like a water cooler conversation trap and all that. This one, yeah, this one's going this, in S. This, yeah, going in S, without question S. Yeah, S rank for the twisting crucifix. Okay. Um, so the next one is from Saw 4 from a flashback scene, and it is the knife chair, which, uh, we get, this is Jigsaw's first trap that he ever made for anyone, it was for a guy named Cecil, back when his wife Jill was working at the, uh, the recovery center for drug addicts, Cecil, who was Amanda's boyfriend at the time, went in there to steal some medication, 
And when he came mm-hmm. out, he ended up. Um, Jill was pregnant at the time, and he sma- he ran out too far and smashed her belly behind the door and caused her to miscarry. So, uh, John, um, you know, after the death of his uh, unborn kid and after the uh, you know the cancer diagnosis and all that, drives off a, yeah. drives off a cliff in an attempt to unalive himself. But he survives and he has a pole sticking out of him. He has to pull out, but he lives. So it gives him a new lease on life, and he decides. Well, like, I survived a near-death experience and had to f- suffer some pain. He's like, so now others will do the same. So, of course, his first, first ter- test subject is the guy who murdered his unborn child, Cecil. And he tells him he just has to push his face through these knives and, you know, and the wrist straps will let go on his arms. It was his first trap. It was a prototype. So, you know, he, he tries to do the trap and he squirms a bunch and then it, the chair ends up breaking underneath him. He gets up and tries to fight John but ends up flying into a bunch of barbed wire and dying in the struggle. And John takes notes that he will use for a later trap. Um... Yes. So this is actually it being a proto like I get all the story reasons behind it and stuff, but this is a prototype trap. It wasn't well built. The it it wasn't no. it wasn't a super effective thing. Dude didn't learn anything. Like it it was it kind of uh, flimsy and uneventful. Not a very and Cecil's death was kind of like anticlimactic as well. Um, so. I don't know if I want to go as far as F, but I would put this one in D, I think. Yeah. I don't know if that's maybe being too harsh on it, but it just wasn't it just <clears throat> no, wasn't the most say, yeah. wasn't the most entertaining or memorable trap to watch. Like I remember it because of what it means for the story, but like and yeah, watching him push his face through those knives was kind of painful, but it wasn't nothing special, you know. No. It wasn't like anything super up there. So, I'm going to put this one in D. Um, The next one, also from Saw 4, is the main trap of the movie where we see Detective Eric Matthews uh, is chained up to the ceiling and he's hanging on a melting ice block. And uh, after everything he's been through in Saw 2, he ends up here. And then um, in the room controlling the game is Art Blank, uh, Jigsaw's lawyer, who survives the opening mausoleum trap in the movie, which we'll get to later. And um, he's got a spinal cutter attached to his back, so he's got to follow the rules or risk getting killed. And then Detective yep. Ho- Detective Hoffman, who is one of Jigsaw's cronies, is in- pretending to be tied up in the electric chair in danger of being electrocuted, but really he's just pulling a Jigsaw 2.0 and pretending to be a character in the trap the whole time. So Yes. Um, so basically that's what this this one is, is just that whole room, that whole main trap, which everyone dies except for Hoffman anyways because Rig ends up going through the door sooner than he's supposed to. His whole thing was to slow down, and he was supposed to wait for the timer to run out <laughs> instead of get there before it ends, but he got there mm-hmm. too... He got there too soon with three seconds on the clock and got everyone killed. Eric Matthews got his head smashed together by two falling ice blocks. Um, Art got shot and he died. And then, you know, Rig Mm -hmm. Rig got shot too. And then Hoffman gets up and walks away. So, um, So how do we feel about this room overall as a trap? Bro... And the whole, the whole plot twist of Hoffman being a jigsaw apprentice. 
So, with Hoffman being Jigsaw's apprentice, bro, that's what threw me for a loop. This one, I'd have to say... Mm. I feel like I'd be too generous putting it in S. It's gonna go, no, it's yeah, gonna it's go definitely with, not an S. I think it's actually way lower than that, if I'm being honest. I don't know if I'd put this one at A either. It doesn't really match up with the, um, oh, uh, with the, like, it's like they tried to do the same twist from the end of the first movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I feel about it, but, um... What I will say it has going for it is that this is where you find out that Saw 3 and 4 are happening at the same time. And then, you know, yeah. all those other flashbacks you get in later movies kind of show how Hoffman, like, manipulated everything to his advantage. But, um... Yes. As far as, I don't know, I feel like it's almost mean-spirited because after everything Eric Matthews, a.k.a. Donnie Wahlberg, went through in uh -huh. Saw 2, and, like, he... You know, and he broke his foot to get out of that, out of those chains, and then he fought with Amanda, and, like, he was kept prisoner for months. Like, it was, like, six months uh, that he was kept prisoner, only to have his head smashed by those falling ice blocks, which was pretty cool. I will give it that. Um, yeah. But everyone else died kind of lame in that. Like, the other two, they just got shot or whatever, you know? Um, um I... I would be okay with putting this one in B. It seems like you want it you want it pretty high and I want it pretty low, so we could put it somewhere in the middle. I uh, B sounds about right. I would I would be okay with putting this one in B. It's it's Yeah. Uh, I can agree with that. Yeah, if only for the ice blocks. The ice block part is cool. Um Yeah. That's a pretty nifty that's a pretty nifty death that they had to do. The man's head exploded like a watermelon. Sure um, the fuck did. Okay, so the next one, um, I want to, this one is the, the skewer trap, so this is from Saw 4, and this is when Rig is being tested going from person to person, telling them, his whole thing is that he can't save everyone, they, ha they have to be allowed to save themselves, and mm -hmm. in this one, it's a callback to when him and Detective Hoffman um, dealt with a domestic abuse case at the at the school. So he goes to the school, and this uh, woman and her abusive husband are like tied together. And by the time he gets there, the husband's already dead. But flashbacks show you that the trap was basically that um, they had rods going through them and going through her in safe spots, but going through him in vital organ places. And so uh -huh. the test was for her to see if she would be willing to pull the rods out of both of them, causing herself some pain because she's got to pull the rods out of her too. But she would kill yep. she would kill her husband in the process, letting go of him and his uh, because he's a, a he's an abusive asshole. Um, so is she willing to you know to kill him to save herself in this situation? So. Um, right. I, um, so interesting creativity here. I almost kind of feel like it, John got the idea when he was impaled in his car crash to kind of do this one. Um, Probably. So, 
Um, just for the fact that a abusive asshole is getting what he deserves, I want to put this one high, but not too high because it's not super special. It is painful to watch, though, you know. Um, but it's a very simple one. It's just, you know, they're skewered with rods that she has to pull out, you know, very, yeah. very easy. If, if uh, Honestly, I would say, because she wasn't hitting any vital places. Like, yeah, it's going to hurt like hell, but like, I, I would rather pull a rod out of me than like break all the fingers on my hand or something, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, um, I, I would, what do you think B or C for this one? B. B? Okay. Yeah, Yeah. B. So the next one is another part of Riggs' tests in 4. He goes to this seedy motel where it's revealed that this guy named Ivan has been, um has been forcing himself on these women and recording the videos and stuff, so Rig has to... The Red Room Trap. Yeah, so Rig has to force him to get into his trap. His test is to force this guy into his test. And so he does. He forces him onto the bed where his arms and legs are tied up, and he puts the buttons in his hands, and Jigsaw tells uh, this Ivan guy that um, because his lustful eyes have caused him to do these heinous deeds... That in order to survive, he has to stab his eyes out. He hits the buttons and like these little claws come down, and stab his eyes out. But he doesn't. He does one eye, but he doesn't do the other one in time. The timer goes off and rips all his limbs off and kills him. Um, Jesus fuck. Yeah. So basically, a um, a R wordist got what he deserved. Um, yes. So again, this is still in Saw Four. So um, how how do you how do we feel about this one? It. This you, one depends on how well you remember it, you know, how violent it was, you know, whether or not the person in it deserved it, uh, that kind of shit. Uh, I'd say the person deserved it. Um, I'd put this in an a, a, in a a for this one, fe- really. Feeling generous, yeah, feeling generous. Okay, I um, hmm, I don't know if I totally disagree with that uh it's just i uh i i definitely want to like like i'm uh for me i guess it's more of like a uh what are some of the most memorable and iconic traps in the franchise kind of go closer to the top for me but um i wouldn't say this is one of the most memorable or iconic ones um but a bad guy got what he deserved that's for sure Uh, yeah you know what? I'll cave on this one and we'll put it in A because we don't have a lot of things in A yet. So, um, okay. So the next one is the mausoleum trap, which is actually the opening trap from Saw Four, where the lawyer Art and this other guy are both chained up to this machine that is slowly pulling them in towards each other. And um, one of them has their eyes sewn shut, the other one has their mouth sewn shut, and they either have to work yep. t- work together or or kill each other to survive. And Art wins. Um, uh-huh. So uh, how do you feel about this one? I like the creativity of the uh, one can't talk and the other can't see. That's a very interesting touch. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say this one's more iconic. I mean, it's iconic in the sense that it's an opening trap. I'm not sure if it's, like, one of the best best ones in the series, though. Yeah, that's fair. I um, think this is a B trap for me, if I'm being honest. It 
It has. Yeah, I'd it, have to say it's more of an action fight scene than it is a traditional trap. If I'm being, uh, yeah, if I'm being fair, I. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go. I think I think that one's a B. Um, yeah, I can agree with that. I didn't want to be mean and put that one in C because it's 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 a little bit better than that. But um, okay, let's see. The image is a bit small for me. So what's the next one here? It's the hair crank trap. Oh yeah, also from Saw Four. Okay, so also part this of one's more. I, this one, this one is more iconic. I this remember one this is a one con- very. <laughs> this I one is this memorable. One very well. This one is memorable. Um, I I will say yeah, especially uh, I know a lot of women with long hair uh, that have not forgotten this one. Um, no, yeah. But yeah, yeah, Rig finds this woman in the apartment. She's chained up to the chair. The gears are pulling her hair back, slowly scalping her. And he has to, like, either let it be or save her. And, you know, when he saves her, she tries to kill him and he fights her and wins. So, um, this one is definitely painful to watch. Um, Yes. So, um, it's not quite S tier for me. I'd be willing to put it in A, though. I think yeah, a, for uh, sure. just because this one is this one is creative and it's got that rustic classic saw feel to it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a slow grinding gear machine type deal. Um, yeah. And it's just grody. So, yeah, I go with that one. Uh, yeah. The next one is the bathroom from the first movie, the bathroom trap, the main the event of opening. the first movie. The opening scene, yes. Not even the Where opening they're... scene. It's just the open. It's the the entire movie. It's like the main trap of the movie because each movie has like a main trap and a lot of sub traps surrounding them. The the, okay. ba- the bathroom trap is the main trap of this first Saw movie. It's where most of the movie takes place. Um, Doctor Gordon and Adam are uh, both trapped in here. They're trying to survive and get out. Gordon's trying to get to his family. They're being watched by Zep, who's recorded by Jigsaw, who is laying on the bathroom floor the whole time pretending to be a corpse. And that moment when he gets up at the end and reveals that he's the mastermind behind all of this, and he's been alive, laying on the floor the whole time, and he's like, the key to that chain was in the tub. And then it like flashes back to the key going down the drain when he woke up. That shit was insane. That was one of the best plot twists in movie history. And then the Hello Zep theme yeah. is playing in the music. Uh-huh. The music goes da na na da na 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 na, and he's like game over and closes the door on him. Like that. Uh-huh. Shit. Oh, to this day, it still gives me goosebumps. This is S tier, no question. Like straight yes. to the top. S tier, absolutely. Now like, that's what kicked off a whole franchise right there, and they filmed yes. most of that movie in a bathroom, and it's as good as it was. Just yes. Now this next one. The Pendulum Trap from Saw 5? Yes. The opening trap of Saw 5. Yes. I love this trap. Yes. And I'll explain it. I'll explain why. Because when I was in high school, I read uh, a, a, a short story by an author by of the name Edgar Allan Poe. Ah, never heard of him. Must be an indie writer. I caught the sarcasm there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way you set um, it up, you, the way you set it up, you know. <laughs> but no, um, 
it was the 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 story was the pit and the pendulum. So I instantly fell in love with the idea of a pendulum. So this this is big one for me. I am gonna be extremely generous and grade this an S. You know. I don't have a strong argument against that because I gotta be honest, as far, like I said, they like to use practical effects and the behind the scenes for this one showed that they went as practical as they possibly could. For some, yeah. for some shots they used a styrofoam blade, but for some shots they used a real blade. And the upper half of the actor's body was actually the actor, whereas the lower half was all prosthetics while his actual body was hidden under the table and they filled the prosthetics with like nylons of fake meat and blood packs and shit so that when the blade hit it, it actually swung it out, and they got all that in one take. Um, they used prosthetic hands and styrofoam clamps for the crushing of the hands. Um, Makes sense. It, that was so cool. Um, and also, it's like Hoffman's first trap that you find out he sets up to look like a jigsaw trap um, mm-hmm. because he's actually just killing the guy who killed his sister um, and got released early on a technicality. Um, mm-hmm. And that's how Hoffman meets Jigsaw because he doesn't like his name being used uh, when it's not his work. So, uh-huh. yeah. So the way that whole thing was done, uh, just a very well done trap. I'm going to agree with you. The pendulum trap goes in S tier. Um, yes, but maybe absolutely. generous with the S's, but it's all good. So the next one is the water is box. The water tra- box, which is. Um, Probably the iconic poster trap from one of the... So there's two iconic traps from Saw 5. There's the pendulum one, which is the opening trap, and then there's the water box trap, which is the poster trap. And that one is um, Agent Strom from the FBI has been caught by Hoffman. He put him in this box that's filling up with water, and it's not meant for him to survive. It's meant to kill him. It's meant to, you know... Because Hoffman's whole thing... Hoffman's whole thing is that he wanted everyone to die, so basically he set it up so that Amanda screwed up the game for Jeff and his wife, and Jeff killed John, and yada yada. So Amanda and John die, and Jeff and his wife die, and all the people in those traps die. And then in the fourth movie, everyone dies too, and Hoffman is the only one that walks away. But Peter Strom was a thorn in his side, so he tried to kill him too. His whole thing is that he is a power-hungry narcissist. He has megalomania, a.k.a. narcissistic personality disorder. He wants wants power. If anything, like, John Kramer is, like, the original Jigsaw and everything, too, but one could argue that Hoffman is the true villain of the whole series, you know? Yeah. He becomes way more evil than John ever was in the later movies. Um, Yeah. So... And that's also when it be, it goes from being, like, old-school grindhouse 90s music video torture porn movies to basically being Criminal Minds, you know? Yeah. It, it, turns, yeah. Into, it turns into a cop drama in the second half of the franchise. Oh, it, it's so, oh. like, it's... Uh. Still, to this day, this is, like, one of my all-time favorite franchises in Yes, horror. yes. But so this water box trap, Peter wasn't supposed to survive it, but he does because he, you know, he takes a pen, jabs himself in the neck, um, and like pulls yes. all the innards out so he can breathe through the tube. Um, uh-huh. There's a word for it. I forgot what it is. Like a tracheometry, tracheometry, tri- or some shit like that. Tracheotomy. Tracheotomy. He gave himself a tracheotomy um, with a pen. Fuck. 
Um, and, and trigonometry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, um, how do we feel about this one? It's not the most eventful one, but it is, like, props to him for being smart enough to survive this, what is obviously meant to kill him, uh, thing. Um, it is, it is a poster trap, but, uh, it's basically... The water box. I, yeah, I will say, the actor actually, like, they they actually filled that thing, put his head in that and filled it with water so they could get realistic shots. So they had to, like, do multiple takes of that scene. Um, Risking the man's life every fucking time, too. So I, I kind of want to put it in A just for, like, the practicality of how, how well shot it was. You know? Yeah. It's an A or B for me. On this one, uh, I'd say I, I have to agree with you with A. A, yeah. Plus, Peter Strom is just yeah. such a badass for surviving that the way he did. Right. Um, the next one is the opening trap of the Fatal Five. The Fatal Five being the main trap of Saw Five, where the the five the people, the, yeah, the five people involved in the um, the burning down of what they thought was an abandoned building for insurance money that turned out to have a bunch of homeless people living in it that they caused the deaths of. Um, yep. So these people are the the main thing of this entire series of traps is that they're all supposed to go against their natural instincts to be selfish and actually learn to work together. They are each me- they are all five meant to survive all five of these traps, but they immediately think that they're supposed to sacrifice one of them each time, and it really fucks them in the end. So, um. So that's kind of like the big twist to this one, but it's also like at the same time the most predictable twist in Saw history. Um, yeah, for a lot of people. So this opening one is where they are all have collars around their necks, and when one of them runs forward to get the keys from the glass boxes, another one gets their collar pulled back closer towards these like V-shaped blades for Saw Five. Roman numeral. Uh Um, And one person doesn't survive because they don't get their key in time. The timer runs out and all the collars get pulled back to the blades and she gets decapitated. Um, And later we find out that all one key would have worked for every collar. So that was their first fuck up. They let someone die right away when they didn't have to. But anyways, uh, a pretty simplistic trap with a bunch of idiots not knowing what they're supposed to do. Um, A very simple, not very effective decapitation. Um, this one is like a C or D for me. I don't know how you feel about it. I'd say C. Kind of an uneventful opener for a, uh, for a four trap trap, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of a C for this one. Moving right along into the next stage of the Fatal Five, the explosion room where they have to break the glass jars above them to get these, uh, uh, uh keys with shapes on them to open up these, um, uh, the sewer tunnels that they could go hide in before the room yep. blows up. And yes. all of them are big enough for more than one person to fit in, but they didn't realize. They only see three and immediately think to themselves, well, one of us has got to die. Um, right. And the bald guy with the glasses dies here. He doesn't get into one of the rooms in time. And he blows up. Um, it was nail bombs. That's what it was, a bunch of nail bombs that go off. Yep. Um, sure so was. I will say. I remember that. I will say um, props to creativity for the um, for the keys themselves, and um, they used um, in the behind the scenes I watched for this one they used um, rubber glass for those jars. So yeah, uh, 
they were that they were breaking, so they still used practical effects um, and all that. And they, um, you know, once again used prosthetics for the aftermath of the nail bombs, which was super gnarly. Um, yeah. Overall, though, still not like the most. Um, I gotta be honest. Most of the traps in the Fatal Five are like C's and D's for me, except for the last one. Um, the handsaw trap. Yeah, yeah, that one is that one is a little that one's a little bit higher. This glass one, though, the exploding glass room. This one's kind of a C for me. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. The nail bomb one, and then the next room is the bathtub the electric, one. The electric bathtub. Yeah. yeah. So if all five of them were still alive at this point, they would each hold a wire and touch the tub and suffer a small shock to open the door. But since only three of them are alive at this point, they throw one of them in the tub and stab them with the fucking things to sacrifice them to the door so they can open it. It's pretty simple. Somebody ends up in a tub, they get electrocuted, and they get stabbed a couple times. It's not very eventful. This one's a D for me. <laughs> yeah. Hands down. It's, uh, I mean, what I think we can really say about it. R.I.P. Brenda Good. You know, it was good, you know. Yeah. It was good knowing you. Um, but then the climax of this trap, the handsaw trap, where they find out, oh shit, there's five holes here. We were each supposed to sacrifice, we were each supposed to put our hands in these and let the saw blades cut our hands a bit and sacrifice a little blood. But now two of us have to sacrifice enough blood for five people. Um, yeah, pretty much. Oopsie doodle. This one, I'm going to put a little bit higher. I want to put it in either B or A because it's just so fucking gnarly. That saw blade yeah, goes halfway, halfway up their arm, you know? Uh-huh. Like, they survive it, too, but, like, when the girl picks her arm up, it, like, literally, like, splits in half. Um. Yeah, it sure the fuck does, and it's gruesome as fuck. Yeah, it's this one. Like, you can tell that, like, after a while, they just couldn't feel the pain anymore, and their bodies were yeah. about to pass out from blood loss. Uh-huh. Um, like, they went into shock. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. B or A for this one? It's a tough one for me. Um, a. Are we going to put this one in A? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I could do that. But now... The infamous ending trap from Saw Five, where after the cat and, the cat and mouse game between Strom and Hoffman uh, culminates in a tragic end for Peter Strom, where um, if he had only listened to the tape, he would have survived. But he's told to get into a glass box filled with glass, where he'll have to lay on the glass and hurt himself a little bit, but he'll survive the room. He doesn't listen, and he throws Hoffman in the box instead and thinks he has the upper hand until he listens to the rest of the tape and finds out that that glass box was the only way to survive this room because now the door is locked and the walls are slowly closing in Star Wars garbage compactor style, and poor yes. Peter Strom gets smushed by the walls. There's a really gnarly scene where he's got his arm between two of the walls and, like, the bone pops out and the blood mm -hmm. sprays down on the glass coffin that Hoffman's laying in. And, yes. yeah, it's just one of the most, like, like, ha-ha, the villain won scenes I've ever seen, you know? Yeah. It was just, it was fucking brutal, and, like, damn. I, that one's pretty good. Um, they, once again, did prosthetics the best they could. They actually <laughs> built moving walls on a set in order to film this scene. Um, nice. Yeah, it was crazy how much effort they put into this shit. So, that one, I want to give... 
not an S, but I would put it in. I would put the crushing wall in A territory. I mean, yeah. it's a Star Wars homage. It's like how many? Be honest, how many like horror or thriller movies do you see where you actually get to see someone crushed by moving walls? You know. Not very many. Like, you get to see a lot of them where they almost die, but how many times do you actually see it happen? <laughs> you know? Never. So. Saw uh, did it first. So, the. Probably not first, but they definitely did it. Um, yeah. So, the next one is the public execution trap from the opening of Saw 7. This is where the two guys and the girl that's been che- yep, cheating on both of them one. with each other, they wake up and they, they have to decide which of the three of them is going to die to the saw blade, and it's in front of a bunch of people. Um, this yep. was also the 3D one, so they did a lot of gimmicky shit, like throwing guts at the camera and shit. Um, yes. So, how did you like this one? I thought this one was a very iconic one. Um, very creative for being the first public trap. Yeah, tr- exactly, yeah. Now, this one, I, um, I can't remember. Did she end, did she end up being the one that died? She was, yeah, because they both, because... Because what she's, happened was... She's playing both of them. She was, and they were trying to kill each other at first, but, like, she was rooting for one of them, and then when he started losing, she started rooting for the other one, so they both realized, oh, fuck her, you know, and then they just... Yeah, exactly. They let her die instead. Um, not not exactly top tier for me, but definitely not bottom <laughs> tier either. I would put this one under B, uh, personally. I Just because I think it was ballsy of them to do, like, a public trap like that, um... But like Me? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna rate this one an A. An A for you, huh? Yeah, it's an A for me. Hmm. Oh, let's see. I wonder where I have to uh if I could put that one, um I mean if I wanted to I could add like an extra section and then name it whatever I want and then put that for like the undecideds or whatever. Uh-huh. I Let's see, A currently has one, two, three, four, five, six of them. B has one, two, three, four. S has three. C has three. D has two. And F has none so far. Okay. Um, um I don't know. Uh, it definitely feels more like a B trap to me, but, uh... I'm willing to compromise and put it on A. Okay. I'll give you that one, but when I get to my F later, uh, if you don't agree with me, you're gonna have to give it to me anyways, in return. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to you anyways, yeah, in return. Uh, yeah. It's, not, it's, it's coming soon, so we'll see. Okay, so, also, um, so this is kind of a big deal one, because this one was actually banned from multiple Saw movies for being too much until they finally let it into the seventh one. And this is The Garage Trap, which had Chester Bennington from Linkin Park in it, where he's um, Chester. A bunch of skinhead racists are all in this garage and one of them is glued to the seat of the car, one of them's chained that. behind it, one of them's under it, and one of them's tied to the door. And he has to, like... Chester was the one glued to the seat. Yep, and he has to, like, slowly reach forward and grab the lever, and he's, like, pulling off his back skin and all that. Yeah, it was so brutal, bro. Yeah, and the guy guy that gets hit by the door, that one's kind of... The guy on the door, his death is kind of lame, but the rest of them, like, her face gets smashed by the tire, the dude loses his jaw and arms behind him. Like, that's pretty pretty fucked up. This one is definitely an A or S for me. I'd put, I'd say S. 
if so only if if only out of respect for Chester Bennington, I'll put this one in S. Yeah, for sure. Um, the next one is the fish hook trap, uh, which is or the the speak no evil trap, which it's, has speak to, no evil trap, yeah has to do with Bobby Dagan um, writing a book about how he survived a jigsaw trap, even though he was never in one, and all of the people who knew about and went along with his lie are punished by being put in their own traps. This one is the speak no evil trap, where I don't know if it's his publicist or lawyer or whoever they were all important to him somehow. Um, this one is, um, she is, there's like a, um, a decibel reader in the room, and if she screams too loud, these pipes get closer to her neck, and they will eventually impale her, as he is trying to dig the key out of her stomach as it's attached to a fish hook going down her throat, and it's ripping off all the skin as it's coming up. Um, yep. This oh one God. is that extremely one was... painful to watch. Like, yeah, it is. Um, Absolutely. Like I can't. Like, and everyone gets so mad at her for screaming and making noise. But how do you not in that situation? The right. Um. Yeah. Uh. It's a rough one for me. Um. Not top tier. Not bad either, though. Kind of a kind of a C or B trap, I would say. Uh, I would say C. A C. A C for you? Yeah. Now, looking at the picture of this other one, I might have made a mistake on what it actually is, and I have to look. I have to zoom in again. But, no, I think I'm right. I think I'm what it is. They just put these in a weird order for whatever reason. Okay, so the next one is the razor wire trap from the first Saw movie, which is... um, Ooh, where the big yes. guy, the big guy had to climb through a maze of a, a maze of razor wire, and get to the yep. end. And they they found him after the fact. And it was one, you know, it was the early movie, so it was like edited and fast paced, like an old Slipknot music video, and it wasn't yep. like overly violent or anything. But it was a interesting. I don't know, like yeah, it being in the first movie. It's a good one, but it's not the best one. I would no. I would put it under a C, maybe, for me. Mm-hmm. I would put this one under C. C for cut C. by razor wire. C, yeah. Uh, so the next one is from Saw 7, and this is the C no evil trap. And this is the one where the lady is being slowly rotated towards these three pipes sticking towards her eyes and mouth that will impale and kill her if she reaches them. And in order to save her, Bobby has to lift up these things with his shoulders that that jab him in the sides, and he has to hold that position long enough for her to survive. He almost does it, but kind of like loses it at the end, and she ends up dying. Um, so how do we feel about this one, this lady just being slowly rotated into these pipes? <laughs> uh, it's pretty, well. pretty simple, pretty simple and uneventful death, honestly. Saw 7 really is a weak point of the franchise, isn't it? 7 and 2, I would say, are I'm gonna, probably I'm the gonna worst grade, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grade this one a D. Yep, I, I, you know what, I was gonna go that route too. I was gonna say D on that one, on this one. Um... Not the best uh, that they did. The next one is the Hear No Evil Trap, where Bobby's best friend who went along with all this, um, he is... He's got a a noose kind of hanging around his neck, and he's blindfolded, and he has to... um, He's... 
in a room where there's basically no floor. There's just, like, these different boards, and Bobby has to, like, direct him using audio only to get through the, um... to get through it. And, um... It almost works. He actually he gets the key and he to- he tosses it to him at one point, but it bounces out of his hand and hits the floor down below, and he has this oh fuck moment as he realizes he's about to die. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, that was probably the one part two in the whole thing where I was like, oh shit, they actually did it, and then he drops the key, and I'm like, god fucking damn it! <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> they gave you a false sense of hope for a second. Um, yeah. Another very simple trap, but maybe a little more eventful, um, just because I'd they, they C. yeah, I would put it under C too, just because they give you that moment of false hope, just to pull it out from under you. Yeah. Um, now this next one, this is the tooth code one. So this one is very simple and stupid. I don't even understand why this is considered a trap in this list because it's not. The man literally just has to rip a tooth out of his head in order to get the code for the door. Um, it's painful. It's painful to watch. You know, he, he like, jams the pliers against the wall and shit, trying to get his teeth out. There's blood everywhere. But it's not exactly the most memorable or over-the-top trap in the franchise, you know? No. Um, if anything, I'm almost tempted to put this one in F. This isn't the one that I that has to be an F for me, though. That's actually the next yeah, one. I'd, yeah, this one would be F. It's anticlimactic. Now, this next one, the Brazen Bull, I want to put this in F because just because it's mean-spirited. So this is where it's like Bobby has to, like, his wife, for some reason, who is a victim in all this because she didn't know that he was lying. She thought he was telling the truth. She, for some reason, is chained up to this thing, and he has okay. to he has to save her by doing what he claimed to do in his book by putting the check the hooks in his pectoral muscles and climbing to the top. And there's so many ways that he could have done this without actually doing that. He could have like put his feet on the solid parts of the hooks or any shit like that. Like, and it just. It's so stupid because he almost gets it and then he doesn't. Like, there's a million ways this could have gone better. But Yeah, um, absolutely. But the worst part about it is that it's not even him that suffers. He gets electrocuted by the fence or something when he tries to save his wife. But his innocent wife, who did absolutely nothing wrong, somehow has to suffer a brazen bull, which is one of the worst torture kill methods in history, where you're... You're being burned alive inside a metal object that is being heated from the outside. So you don't even get, like, the mercy of dying quick by fire. You are literally, like, boiling alive but not in water. You're, like, cooking, like, in an oven. And it, that's just... This this one goes in F for me because... It goes in F for fuck that shit because she did not... Yeah. Des- she did not deserve that. There is no reason for that to have been the way it was that was just mean-spirited that was just mean-spirited for no reason that was that poor that poor woman that like there could be an argument made for everyone else that's been in these traps in these movies but her she was just a target of circumstance for no reason they killed her to punish him (laughs) yeah like that is unfair that's a that's a hard f for me because that's just not okay Um, i agree but then we have uh, the so- lung crusher from Saw Six. Saw Six. So this is the one where the insurance guy gets to go through all these traps and decide whether or not the people on that work in his office are worth saving. Um, 
based off of his own algorithms of whether or not people deserve life insurance, uh, based off their probability Jesus of survival. <laughs> Jigsaw turns his own probability algorithm against him in this movie, which I thought was pretty clever. This movie, Saw 6, actually came out at the height of like a, um, a big... like. Um, political movement about like health insurance and shit around the time so makes sense. it was making a statement um so this is the yeah. one where the the insurance guy and the janitor who smokes a pack a day are both hooked up to this machine where whoever breathes too much will have their sides crushed and the other one will live um so that's all it is they both got oxygen masks on one of them just, they just whoever holds their breath the longest lives is basically you know the janitor guy can't do it he, he breathes in too deeply, and he gets smushed by the machine. His rib cage kind of pops out, and he just dies. Um, yeah. So where how do we rate this one? Um, uh, it's a very simple one. B? Yeah, why not? I'll put it in B. B for blackened lungs from too much cigarettes. Um, Pretty much. <laughs> this next one, though, this one is interesting. This one is like a this is this seems like the kind of shit they would put in one of those video games where you have to choose who lives and dies. Man, Gambit. Yeah. So this is the one where um, he there are two people on two platforms with razor wire around their neck. They're about to be hung to death, and he has to choose which one lives and which one dies. He's got two handles in both of his hands. They're slowly being pulled away from him, so he can only hold them for so long. He's got to let go of one eventually, or his arms are going to be ripped out of their sockets. So yeah. on one side, he's got um, this old lady who's his secretary who has a family that loves her, but she is old, so based off his algorithm, she's going to die soon. But the other one is this young kid who's basically a nobody. He's got no family, no friends. No one would miss him if he died. But based off his algorithm, he's younger and therefore more likely to live. So this guy has to choose if he's going to let the old lady die or the young guy die. And yeah. he, he ends up letting the young guy die, going against his own algorithm, interestingly enough. Um, in this, in this, he ends up... And the guy basically gets hung by barbed wire. So, um, mm -hmm. so in, in the form of death and gore not of not a super interesting one but in the form of like fitting the theme of the main series of traps in this particular movie and like being one of the most interesting choices that someone who's gone through these trials has ever had to make i would put this one <coughs> at least at least in b um b yeah i'd say so at least in B. I would put this one at least in B. <coughs> Saw Six is one of the better ones for me. I think it's up yeah. there I think it's up there with the first one to a degree, if I'm being honest. Yeah. yeah. Um So the next one is the steam room trap where they uh on the, he's on the top and this other woman's on the bottom and they both have he has to sacrifice he has to pull these levers and get hit by some hot steam and burn a little bit in order to stop the steam flow on her end so she can get by. And then, um, you know, every once in a while he can't hold it for too long. At one point he lets go and the steam pushes her into a hot panel on the wall and burns a bit. Um, yep. But in the end, when she gets to the top, she actually ends up trying to kill him. Uh, because he's got a key sewed into him, and it's the key to the device on her. But he fights her off long enough that the device strapped to her goes off and shoots a spike through the bottom of her head that ends up killing her. 
Jesus fuck. You remember this one? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, so, um, how do we feel about this one, the steam room? Mm. And the spike through the head at the end. Just based on the spike alone? A. Really? Yeah. Going kind of high up there, huh? A little bit. Well, I was going to actually put this... I was going to end up putting this one in C. I actually think it's the weakest trap of Saw 6. Um, unfortunately... Uh... The best, the I, best, the best part of Saw Six, the ending where they where they you, reveal, would, I, I would put it in B. Yeah, I was but, just gonna, I was just gonna say, would you be willing to compromise and put it in B? I'd be willing <laughs> to put it in B. I would go with that. I was gonna I say, could agree with B. The best trap of Saw Six isn't on here, which is like, you know, because at the end, um, you think that. Um, <laughs> You think that it's his uh, his wife and son that are in the trap at the end, but that are his family, but it's actually his sister, the reporter, is his family, and that that woman and her kid are the wife and son of a man who died because he wouldn't give him insurance, so they, they pull the lever on him, and he gets injected with all those acid needles, and that yes. might be one of the most gnarly deaths in the whole franchise, like... That yes, was, that was really cool. I'm sad that that one's not on this tier list, but I do like the next one, which is the carousel trap. The carousel trap. Saw six, which is the poster trap. Um, yes, and um, this is the one where out of six people on the carousel, only two can live, and that's if this man is willing to stab himself in the hands twice, uh, and he has to yeah. decide. This is his team. This is his team of people who run the algorithms to decide who is and isn't worth. Uh, saving basically, and yeah. now the same thing is happening to them in a twisted twist of fate. Um, and you know they kind of they go out of their way to make these guys unlikable early in the movie. Like one of them literally has an award for like denying the most insurance claims. Like that's really <laughs> shitty. Yeah. So because they're like, hey, we're saving the company money even though we're killing people. So um right. So yeah, they get brutal on each other for who should survive this one. Two of them end up do surviving this cuz he he makes the sacrifice to his hands twice to save them. Um I want to put this one I think in A at least. <clears throat> I don't know if I, I don't know if I would go as high as S for this one, but I'd definitely put it in A. Um, a for sure. Because it was just like probably the most iconic trap of Saw 6. Yeah. Um, and I just, I like the whole carousel aspect. I thought the whole scene was filmed really well. They actually, in the behind the scenes, they showed that they actually, like, the actors were all actually sitting on that spinning thing, you know? Yeah. Um, for the shots. It was, it was well done. So, um, now they're jumping around a little bit again, but going back to the first Saw movie, we have the flammable jelly trap, which was another flashback trap talking about Jigsaw's history where this guy had to find a code on the wall amongst a bunch of numbers with a candle to the safe. He was walking around naked and barefoot on broken glass, and he was covered in flammable jelly while holding a candle. I just, I, this one is like... Super uneventful, kind of. It has what I like to call early stage syndrome, where it definitely feels like a rough draft trap, like the beginnings of, of star, like before they really figured out what they were doing. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's not definitely not my favorite. I I think this one for me honestly goes in D. I know it's from the yeah. first. I know it's from the first I, first movie in that sacrilege, but it's really nothing special. <laughs> no, it's 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 a D trap for sure. 
Um, the next one, however, the reverse bear trap has to go in S by default because it's the most S iconic default, trap yes. in the Saw franchise. It is the, yes, it is the Saw trap, and this it's is been it's been in several movies. Favorite. This is my favorite trap. My top favorite trap. The reverse bear trap. Yeah, it's been. Yes. It was. It was Amanda's first test before <clears throat> she became a jigsaw apprentice. It was used yes. on Hoffman, and he creatively survived it. Then it was used again on Jill, and we finally got to see it in action when it killed her in the end of the seventh movie. Yes, yes. After the seven reverse. movies, after seven movies, they went full circle, and we got to see the payoff of the saw trap. That in that part of the saga, as far as I'm concerned, Jigsaw and Spiral start a new spinoff saga for the franchise. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so, yeah, that one definitely, just because it is, like, you know, when people cosplay Saw, they're always wearing the reverse bear trap and shit like that, so. Uh Uh-huh. It's one of the most iconic. And then we have the opening trap from Saw 2, the Venus Venus fly fly mask. Yeah. The Venus fly mask. Where the guy has to get the key from behind his eye with the the scalpel and the the mask closes on him Iron Maiden style. This one's pretty iconic too. Um, I'd say S. S. Yeah, I kind of want to put in S too because they took the idea of the reverse bear trap and kind of, well, reversed it, (laughs) you know. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and also, out of all the things in Saw that get parodied the most, uh, the, the reverse bear trap and the Venus flytrap mask are the two things that, and the cutting their foot off in the bathroom are the three things that get spoofed the most, you know? Yeah. Um, so I definitely, yeah, I consider that one pretty iconic. We might be being a little generous here. We have as many S's as we do C's, so I don't... Fair. (laughs) Um, (laughs) most of it is A's, though, um... So, yeah, and that one is also the very first hint, because you could tell they were going to do something with Dr. Gordon from the very beginning. That movie, Saw 2, that opening trap with the Venus flytrap mask, is the first hint that Dr. Gordon is working for Jigsaw after the first movie, because the the surgeon who puts the key behind his eye has a limp, and he would have a limp after cutting his foot off in the first movie. So, um... So, really good foreshadowing, like, fucking six movies ahead of time, you know? Yeah. Or five movies in that case. So, the next one is The Furnace Trap from Saw 2, where, like, you know, because all these people are together in the gas house, and they have to find these antidotes, and each trap in the house has an antidote, and each trap is specific to a different character, and the antidote's meant for them. This one is meant for Obi, and he basically has to crawl into this furnace and get this antidote, but when he grabs it, the door closes and the fire starts up, and all he has to do to turn the fire off is reach through it and burn himself a little to turn this valve and turn the fire off, but he doesn't get to it in time. He tries to break through the glass and ends up burning to death and loses both of the antidotes in the process. Um, So, uh, how do we feel about this one? This one was... I want to say... I'm going to be... I'm going to say... C... Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of a C for me, too. Fire deaths are never very exciting for me. In a movie where you're, like, ripping people's guts out and throwing them halfway across the room, death by fire is, like, bottom of the barrel, you know? Yeah. Um... So it it there wasn't a whole lot to that one, and Obi wasn't the best character, anyways. In fact, he actually helped kidnap <clears throat> most of the people who were in that house. <laughs> so yeah, 
Um, so the next one is the Needle Pit Trap, which I call memorable because this trap was meant for Xavier, but he actually picks up Amanda and throws her in there. And she has to dig through a bunch of used syringes in order to find a key. Um, and when she comes oh, out of that trap, she's got a so bunch of needles sticking out of her arm and shit. Um, yeah, anybody so who's got a, anyone who's got a phobia for needles did not like this one. Um, this no, one's, I, I this, mean, I... this one's a B for me, I think. I'd say I agree with that. Because it's not super violent or nothing, and I don't have a needle phobia, so it didn't have the same effect on me, so I can't really... It, it does seem painful, because, I mean, she's digging through a bunch of needles for a key. Um, but, like, and Xavier's an asshole. I'm glad he gets what he deserves at the end of that movie, but... Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, at this point, Amanda was already a Jigsaw apprentice, so she was just in this game undercover anyways. So, in a way, she also kind of got what she deserved, <laughs> too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, um, so this one's a B for me, I think. Uh, I think that's fair. Yeah, I um, agree with that. On their, uh, the behind-the-scenes for that one, too, show how they did it, where they, um, they actually used a bunch of real... Um, real empty syringe tubes and then they put like felt tip they put like felt tip needles in there like fake felt tip needles in them uh-huh. so she wouldn't actually stab herself um and but the they they put like literally i think they said it was like a thousand of them in the in the pit that they dug out and it still wasn't uh-huh. enough so they had to add a bunch of empty syringe tubes and mix them around so not all of those tubes have a needle in them but the way they film it you can't tell but they basically had to like pad it a bit um gotcha okay. and yeah it's just like it's just a, a padded area that they built they built this on a set and then like like the wood around the like the, where the wood is rotted that makes the hole <clears> in the floor that's all rubber that's all rubber wood right there makes um, sense and they covered all the the needles in fake slime to give them a more grotesque look um, yep and stuff like that so and then they used a prosthetic arm for the scene where they're pulling the needles out of her skin uh, yeah so and so the next one is the razor box trap from Saw 2, where the girl walks into the room, and she sees an antidote in this box. She reaches her hand up to grab it, realizes her mistake, um, and she tries to pull her hand out, but she can't because it's like one of those wasp traps where you can go in but not out, because when she tries to pull her yes. hand out, it's being cut on glass. So she stupidly puts her other hand in, and now she's stuck. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and if she had just walked around to the other side, she would have saw there was a key sticking out of it that she could have just used to open it. Um, also, this trap wasn't meant for her. It was meant for the guy who gets a bullet in the eye in the very beginning when he goes to open the door. Uh, also yeah. as well. Um, yep. But this one, a lot of people remember this one just for being one of the most painful ones to watch and one of the easiest ones to avoid, but her stupidity and desperation put her in the situation. Um, yep. So... Um, uh, I don't know, probably like a, a um, somewhere between B, C, and D for me on this one. I'm kind of undecided. I'd say B. B? Okay. Yeah. And 
finally we have the classroom trap from the opening of Saw 3, which has this guy named Troy wake up with all of these chains stuck into him, into his arms and legs and feet, and one even through his jaw. And he's told he's got to rip all the chains out in order to get out of the classroom. But this is once again an Amanda trap and therefore unwinnable. First of all, there's a chain through his jaw, so that's not happening. And secondly, nope. the door is welded shut. And he, so even if he somehow did manage to rip his own jaw off and survive that, he wouldn't have gotten out anyways. So the room he explodes. Would blow, he would have bled out. The room explodes and he dies. Um, yep. So, but just for the gnarliness of watching a man rip these chains out of his own skin and shit, um, and then, like, the aftermath of the explosion, uh, and then, like, the introduction to Amanda's brutality as a straight-up murderer, uh, where do we put this one? Bro, this one was... Dare I say S. Mmm, that'd be a hard dare for me. Um, really, that one's up there, I... huh? Yeah. No, no. I'd, I'd be... No, uh... A, A, A. Yeah, I'd be willing to put this one in A. Maybe not on the no, first. No, it's, it's it's not quite it's not quite S status. Maybe not on a, a personal ranking, but uh, as if I'm looking at it objectively, I could understand an argument for this one going in A. So we made it through the whole tier list, and that puts us with one, two, three, four, five, six traps in S rank. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine traps in A and B rank. Um, seven in C rank. Four in D rank, and two in F. Not a bad haul overall. A lot of A's and B's, which basically like covers the overall shift in quality of the movies themselves. If I'm being honest, it looks yeah. like most of the best most of the best traps in the movie were. Well, actually, the S rank has a lot of variety. We've got a trap from three, two traps from one, a trap from five, a trap from seven, and a trap from two. Um, but most of the worst traps we decided are either in five or seven, it looks like, for the most part. So okay, those ones were probably... But five also had some really good ones, too. You know, like the pendulum yeah. trap. So, yes. Um... And then, like, looks like, like, three and four kind of fell in between somewhere, and six as well. Okay, yeah, so, not a bad, not a bad tier system overall. I, um, I really enjoyed doing that. See, I'd like to do this for something else, too, besides, you know, um, so I've been wanting to do one of these for a while, and it just finally hit me. Saw traps! It'd be perfect for the upcoming movie. So. Yes. Um, but I would love to do one of these for, like, different, like, uh, like, I'd like to rank, like, you know, like, PlayStation exclusives or something like that at some point, you know? Yeah. Uh, do something like that. So, that would be, that would be fun. Um, so, uh, real quickly, we'll just go down the list. We'll do each movie, including the newer ones. What is your favorite and least favorite trap from each movie, starting with the first one? Starting with the first one. Yeah, so the first one had the reverse the reverse bear trap, the razor wire trap, the flammable jelly, the bathroom um trap. And that's basically it. That's the So my all time favorite I said I said it before, my all time favorite is the reverse bear trap. The reverse bear down. trap, right. And 
I'd have to say the flammable jelly trap has got to be the worst of that movie. Yep, so I'll have to agree with that on the flammable jelly, um, although I'd have to put the bathroom, the overall bathroom trap that covers most of the movie a little bit above the reverse bear trap, just a little bit, just because it leads to the uh, super iconic ending, and it's basically yeah. what the whole the whole movie is about. Um, yeah. So, okay, from Saw 2, we had the opening with the fly mask, and then we had all the traps involved in the gas house, um, you know, which includes the booby-trapped door with the pistol, the uh, the razor box trap, the needle pit trap, um, and the furnace. Yeah. So I'd have to say the Venus fly mask is the best. Agreed on that one. And the furnace trap being the worst. Um, yeah, I could agree on that one, too. I wanted to say the part where the guy goes to open the door and gets shot through the eye, but that one was actually kind of a, like a good surprise if you've never seen the movie before. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Saw 3 opened with the unbeatable classroom trap, and then there's also Carrie's unbeatable angel rack trap, and then there's all of Jeff's tests, which include um, the freezing room, the pig vet, and the twisting crucifix. And then, of course, there's Jigsaw's test for Lynn and Amanda, which involves the shotgun collar while they're trying to do surgery on his brain. So, um, so out of that movie, that's a, there's a lot of things happening in Saw 3, so what's our uh-huh. favorite? The twisting crucifix, right? The twisting crucifix has got to be the best. Right. With maybe a honorable <laughs> mention to the angel rack trap, too. Yes, yes. I agree with that 100%. Now, the worst... Oof. The freezing room for me. The ice room, yeah. Just, like, the most boring trap in Saw history. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Okay. So, Saw 4 had the mausoleum trap in the opening where they had to fight or whatever, blind and mute, um... And then we had the 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 hair the hair crank the scalping uh, the uh, the pervert that had to stab his eyes out and the um, and the wife who had to kill her abusive husband with the skewering rods, um, and then of course the main trap where Hoffman pretends to be the next Jigsaw and uh, Donnie Wahlberg gets his head smashed by ice. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Hair crank trap has got to be the best. Okay. And the worst. The knife chair. Oh, yeah, the knife chair. I forgot about that one, too. Yeah, I agree. The worst one is the knife chair from the flashbacks. Um, The best one... I don't know if it's the hair crank for me. It might be... You know what? Yeah, I'd give it to that one, too. For that one. I'd probably give it to that one, too, if I'm being honest. So, Saw 5, obviously, the opening trap is the pendulum. Then we have the water box trap for Peter Strom. And then all the traps in the Fatal 5 with the V-collar, the exploding room, the electric bathtub, and the hand, the handy holes for the saw blades. Um, and, of course, the crushing walls at the end. So, for me, the best one is a hard choice between the pendulum and the crushing walls. Yeah, same. Um, 
But I have I to say the worst one was the electric bathtub. The electric bathtub, yeah, I'd have to go with that too. Um, just so uneventful. Um, yeah. We did rate the pendulum a slightly higher than the crushing walls, though. The pendulum's an S and the crushing walls are an A, so I'd say the pendulum is probably the better one. Yeah. By, by yes. at least a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> just such a memorable opener, too. On yes, top of it. absolutely. You know what? I forgot about it. Wasn't in the tier list, but like we'll mention it here because we're in here now. Saw six. I think this was the opening for six. Yeah. So the opening for Saw Six was. Um, it wasn't listed in the tiers, but it's the the pound of flesh trap where the two people have to s- sacrifice the most flesh to survive between yep, the two of them. I remember that. And one. the yep. one guy cuts off pieces of his stomach, and the girl cuts off her whole arm to win. Yep. Um, so there's that one, and then there's the main events of Saw 6 where the insurance guy is going through, and he, you know, there's the crushing, there's the breathing trap that he starts with, there's the choosing who to save with the barbed wire trap, there's the carousel, and then, of course, there's the acid needles that get pumped into him at the end. Then there's the reverse bear trap 2.0 put on Hoffman which he by Jill, which he manages to survive. And then... <laughs> I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything from that one. I don't think I am because we got the opener because that opening trap with the the pound of flesh trap, he he takes Peter's hand from the from his death scene from the last movie and uses his um his severed hand to put his fingerprints all over that trap scene to make it that look like he cuz Hoffman yep. tries to frame Peter after killing Peter he tries to frame him as the next jigsaw in the 5th movie. Um I remember that. So, what are we like or in the 6th movie I mean. So, what are we what is our favorite from the 6th movie? It's got to be like the pound of flesh <clears throat> is pretty good, the carousel trap is pretty good and that guy getting pumped full of acid at the end was pretty good too. It's kind of a Yeah. toss up between those three for me. <laughs> I'd have to say the one the one where the guy's getting pumped full of acid is my favorite. At the end Out there? Of six, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's probably that's probably it too. Um that's probably the one for me. Uh least favorite from six, also kind of a hard choice because that one actually had a lot of good ones, but probably the hangman's gambit, the barbed wire one. Where yeah. he had to, I mean that one's emotional because he has to choose who to save, but it's not like um I don't know. It's like probably like the least, the least interesting trap out of all. Yeah, of them yeah. In that I'd one. Say so. <laughs> um, and then Saw Seven opened with the public execution trap, and then we had um, all of uh, then we had of course the garage trap with Chester Bennington, and then we had all of um, there was the machine gun trap, which was only there to kill Gideon. It wasn't really a survivable thing. It was just a, a booby trap more than anything. Which, yeah. by the way, I forgot to mention um, in the first Saw movie, Detective Tap and Sing, uh, they actually, Detective Sing actually dies to a booby trap where he trips the tripwire and the shotgun blasts his head off. That technically, yep. that technically counts, too. And the drill chair that that guy was hooked up to that he starts before he tries to get away. Um, yep. But, yeah, uh, anyways... Um, but then Bobby's tests, you know, he's got to get out of that cage and then you've got the fish hook and you've got the, um, and you've got the, the, the hanging thing with the no floor and you've got the rotating thing with the pipes that stick in the eyes. Um, and then of course the brazen bull at the end. Um, That's the worst. That's the worst one. 
The yeah, that bowl. that one or the one where he's knocking his teeth out to get the code are easily the worst ones in the whole franchise, let alone that movie. Um, right. Um, the Braze, Brazen Bull could have been good if it was used on an actual text subject and not an innocent bystander. Yeah. <laughs> um so unfortunate. It's just such a like it's such a painful way to go for someone who did nothing wrong. <laughs> right. Um um, but I'd have to say the best one for me is a toss-up between the public execution trap and the garage, the, the garage, garage trap. Probably, definitely the garage trap. I'd have to give it to that one. Um, yeah, definitely gonna, yeah, definitely gonna give it to that one. Um, that one was just gnarly and brutal. Yeah. So, yeah. um. We didn't. They weren't on the tier list, but we'll talk about them a little bit. Jigsaw, which ended up being like both a prequel and a sequel at the same time. That was the big twist in that one. Um, was that like the game that the game you were watching take place the whole time wasn't the game that was happening in the present? It was happening in the past. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't. Re- was there an opening trap in Jigsaw? I can't remember. If there was an opening one, I don't that, remember because one... I've only ever watched it once. Right? And no, that's for, the, no for that good guy reasons. just yeah. That, that's the that's the one where the guy just kind of gets shot at the beginning, so that doesn't really count. But the, no. the barn, the barn is where most of the traps take place. So the first room, they all have the buckets on their heads, and they had they're getting pulled towards the chainsaws. They got to lose or get the saw blades. They got to lose a little blood to survive, and yeah. then. There's the one where um, they have to figure out the code, the right code for the for the needle, and the the chick. It's related specifically to the amount of money she stole from someone, but she doesn't do it in time. So the guy jabs her with all three needles, and one of them has acid, and it kills her from the inside. Um, it melts her jump, face off from the I'm inside. I'm gonna jump out. forward a little bit, but the lady that ends up dying at the very end. Oh, yeah. I am so glad I watched the entire fucking movie because mm-hmm. that bitch deserved to deserve what she got for framing her husband uh, yeah. for, for, for killing the kid when she was and, the one that smothered it with a pillow in the first place. Coming from someone she, who's actually suffered the loss of a child. Yeah, that was well. Des- that was well deserved. Yeah, she basically blasts her own face off with a karma's a fucking bitch. So then we also have the guy who gets his leg caught in in the boards, and he has to basically cut his own leg off with the wire by pulling the lever in order to get out of there. Well, also. <laughs> He has to sacrifice his leg to save the other two who are caught in a silo uh, full of grain and having a I remember bunch of sharp the objects silo. falling towards them. I remember um, the silo. And then in the next room, a guy gets lowered into a blender-type machine, and he has to pull a lever on a motorbike. Isn't uh, that handle. like one of the – wasn't that a later released to be uh, – announced to be like one of the very first saw traps ever thought of? It was, yeah, in this very movie, they basically reveal that it was a prototype trap that Jigsaw never used, but he actually did, because this barn game nobody knew about, except for Logan, who is the guy that is 
revealed in this movie to be a new Jigsaw apprentice and having worked with him for since the beginning, since even before Hoffman and Amanda. The reason that he's not with them working as an apprentice during the events of the other movies is because he got shipped off to Afghanistan for war. So, and when he comes back, he's dealing with PTSD, so he just didn't get involved. And by the time he's finally back in the Jigsaw game, the original John Kramer is dead. So, um, but he uses the knowledge that he was taught by John to get revenge on this police captain who's been letting, um, whose oversights and corruption have caused the death, uh, unavoidable deaths of innocent people. So, like, this whole thing, he basically, uh, starts a new jigsaw game and use and basically uses it as a front to get his this police captain to uh, confess to all the dirty shit that he's done is basically what the whole setup for that was. And isn't um, that the tie-in for uh, Spiral? No, no, there's no there's no tie-in to Spiral in this. Uh, this the the only tie-in to the franchise for this movie is the fact that the game you're watching in the barn happen. You think that the bodies they're finding in the present are from this game, but they're not. They're from a new game that he made that's just like it. And you find out that because John, who's supposed to be way dead at this point, shows up at the end of this movie to talk to the last two survivors. And that's when you find out that this game actually took place way in the past. And Logan was one of his original apprentices. And he's just repeating a previous Jigsaw game that no one ever knew about. This one was unknown. No one ever found the evidence of this game. So, um... Okay. Probably because of Logan's military training, he probably helped him hide the bodies from it. So, probably. Um, so, but then of course Logan was unavailable to him because he was gone. So, so the whole right. time jo- John's apprentices have actually been Amanda Hoffman, Doctor Gordon, and Logan, and okay. in a way sometimes his wife Jill. Because you remember the seventh movie ended with the revelation that Doctor Gordon has been a jigsaw apprentice the whole time, and because and. One of part of John's will was a videotape he left for Doctor Gordon, telling him that yes. if anything if anything happens to Jill, that he is to act in his absence. And Hoffman kills Jill, so Doctor Gordon punishes Hoffman for it by leaving him in that bathroom to rot. That's yep, the, pretty much. Basically, putting an end to the Jigsaw legacy and carrying out John's final dying wish. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is until. Uh, until Logan comes back from war and picks up where John left off, and yeah. that's what Jigsaw is about. And then, of course, Spiral reveals that there's a whole group of Jigsaw fanatics out in the world that are continuing his work. So yes. that's basically a cult of Jigsaw, if you will. Yes. Um, so yeah. So favorite trap from um, you know real quick while we still have time. Favorite trap from um, fuck what with Jigsaw. Um, for uh, me, it's, the... for me, it's gotta be the blender, I think. Oh, wait, for before me... I forget, before I forget, there's also the laser cutters at the end. They <laughs> come down, cut that guy's head into eight different pieces, and it blooms open like a bloody flower. For um, me, it's the very ending when that bitch gets what she deserves. Oh, for right, framing, yeah, for framing, the for end of that matrix. Yeah, so where he puts the he puts the keys in the shotgun, but he rigs the shotgun so they shoot backwards, and she shoots herself in the face trying to shoot the other guy. Yup. Yep. Yeah. So that's um. Karma's a bitch. 
for me, it either has to be the blender trap or the one where the laser cutters cut through that guy's face, the guy's head, just because of the severity of those ones. Like, that's just brutal. Um, least favorite? I don't know if I have a least favorite in this one. I guess the... I mean, even the girl getting jabbed in the neck with acid kind of looked really cool. Um, yeah. You know, but I guess if I had to choose a least favorite, that would be it, I guess. Yeah. For this one. And then Spiral, you know, spoiler alert for people who haven't seen this one. Um, we've got the opening trap with the, the guy's tongue, and he has to, you know, jump, rip his tongue out to avoid being hit by the train. We've got the guy that's got to, like, rip his fingers off to avoid getting electrocuted in the water. Uh-huh. Um, We've got uh, the girl who's got to sever her own spine in order to avoid getting drowned by hot wax. That one just looked painful. That um, yeah, it did. Um, uh, they were all cops I, too. Yeah, yeah, because there was a whole like corrupt cop force thing. What am I missing here? I know there was more. There was a fake one with the with the fake body in the freezer, so I don't count that one. Um, and then there was the one with the was it flying glass. Yes, yes, the flying glass. That one is actually my favorite, I think, where the glass is being fed into that that shredder or whatever, and it's just being spit out at, a, like, 100 miles per hour and just shredding that guy to pieces. Yes. That one. That one's probably my favorite, because then there's and also then the, the ending, the ending the, one with his dad, which, with you know. With Samuel the puppet, L. Jackson. The puppet trap. The puppet yeah, trap, the puppet yeah. Trap. Yeah, the puppet trap, yeah. Yep. Um, no, I, I honestly... I think honestly, the glass shredder think, is probably my favorite one in this one. Honestly, I really liked the work that Chris Rock did in this movie. Yeah, not too bad. No, for the from 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 it be for it being the first thing outside of comedy for him. This was this was a really a really interesting role for him. He's a also really a big dark fan. role. He's a big fan of the Saw movies and wanted to do something like this. That makes sense. Like you're an, you're an actor in Hollywood. Why the fuck not? And so, the fact that um, they got Samuel L. Jackson to play in it too was amazing too. But I would have to say, on all seriousness, the uh, my favorite trap I would have to say is the opening one, the one where he, dude has has. He decides last second that he wants to jump down and still dies. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty fucked up. Um, yeah, I, um... Least favorite because, uh... The hot wax one for me. Yeah, the hot wax. Yeah, I have seems, to say that. It just seems, un, like, unfair. <laughs> yeah, um, no, yeah, definitely. No, that's completely unfair that That was the police that was the that was the that was a police captain too wasn't it yeah i think she was i think she was a captain she was the she was the captain yeah so yeah that's just unfortunate but like um you know interesting twist on that one and all that too i i enjoy these movies um there are some are better than others. They have their ups and downs, but the franchise as a whole is up there with like Final Destination for me in terms of horror movies that find creative ways to kill people. Um, yeah, you know that's 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 what we're really here. You watch Saw for the traps, just like you watch Final Destination to see all the different ways death is going to Rube Goldberg people into dying. You know. Oh my gosh! Yes, Final Destination. 
They're supposed. To, yeah. aren't, they, aren't they supposed to be coming out with another one? They may make a sixth one that takes place in another time in another timeline. It would be like a reboot. Um, yeah, because the fifth movie brought that series full circle. But we'll talk about it, that in another episode. That's yeah. Uh, that's the. Uh, um, I've got I've got some things for that one, but for sure. Well, that was our saw tier list. I uh, I downloaded a, I downloaded a, the image the the final image so we can save it. But um, so yeah, for those of you who are saw fans, uh, let me know in the comments or shoot me an email or whatever. What are some of your favorite saw movies? Your favorite traps from saw movies? Your least favorite traps from saw movies? The hardest ones to watch? That kind of thing. Um, you know, you can leave a comment down below if you're watching this on YouTube, or you can email me at, uh, M-R-O-V-E-R-S-O-U-L-5-3 at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on the website formerly known as Twitter at Oversoul53, and, uh, how can they reach you for various reasons and things? Uh, you can find me on the website formerly known as Twitter as The Vaping Fiend. You can find me on TikTok uh, as the.vaping.fiend, and I don't use it all that often, but if you want to follow me on Twitch, I am the Vaping Fiend on Twitch as well. Very, very good. Well, I enjoyed doing this tier list. I'd love to do another one again sometime. Um, I no, hope you we should do, do this th as well. We we um, were hoping to do a review of the upcoming Saw X movie, so look forward to that as well. Um, closing thoughts? Closing thoughts? Uh, yeah. Uh, you were going to say we should do a tier list of something? We should do a tier list of the Final Destination deaths. You Next. know what? That I'll see if I can find one. That would be cool. Yeah, um, that would make that would make a good October episode too. All yeah, right. sure would. Well, um, that'll be it for this episode, folks. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, remember to click that like button if you're on YouTube. And uh, until next time, we'll catch you in the next one. Good night, everybody. Bye.